Julio on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories about beautiful downtown Chicago. Here until 4 o'clock as we are every week uh, weeknight into the morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. 312-981-7200, that's our phone number. If you would like to be a part of the show, we would love to have you. Um, uh, joining me in just a few minutes, Joyce Keller is going to join us. She is a psychic medium. And we're going to talk about how you can communicate with your dearly departed loved ones in seven easy steps and uh, and much more. It'd be really interesting to talk to her. Past life regression reaches TikTok. Um, TikTok is a is the it, it, TikTok is like Instagram, isn't it? Kinda. It's videos though, right? Yeah, short form videos. Because Instagram is just pictures. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not yes a big. No. I'm not a. I'm not Captain Tech, as you can <laughs> no. tell. Um, okay. Well, anyway, she's going to be joining us and we're going to talk all about, uh, the world of being a psychic medium. Fascinating stuff. Um, you know, every, uh, every morning at two 30, we always play some uh, classic Carson comedy clips. A lot of alliteration right there. Um, Johnny Carson, you can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on antenna TV and you should, cause it's nostalgic and great and funny and awesome. Um, and, uh, we always play back some classic comedy. Uh, either uh, some stand-up or a sketch or two or an interview. Um, one of my favorite people ever um, we're going to feature this morning at 2.30, Alan King, the the great Alan King. This is from 1985. Um, I, I love Alan King. I loved him. He was just the best. Um, so we'll uh, hear a little vintage Alan King from the uh, Johnny Carson collection there. It is uh, going to be Friday, so that means our regular Friday features will start at 3 o'clock. We've got... Straight out of context, that's when you listen to this radio station 24-7. Whenever anybody says something that you can pull out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle, you jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. We also have uh, Nick D. Show Spies. That's when you listen 24-7. Whenever anybody mentions me or the show, we want to know about it. You become a spy. Again, jot down the day, the time, who said it, send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. We also have You Big Dummy. You Big Dummy. That's where uh, we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff. And then uh, Tom will vote. I will vote. And then the first person through at 312-981-7200 will be our third vote on who the dummy of the week is. And then Fly Jams Friday. DJ Luscious Hushes will show up and start playing some good funky stuff to get your Friday going. We are also going to talk about uh, realty. Uh, there's a Texas realtor who is using Bigfoot to sell houses. We're going to jump into that. Uh, ridiculous job titles, and a German university is offering $1,900 grants for doing nothing. So, and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, uh, about what it was like to be teased as a kid, and how that affected you. And um, and uh, we want to go back and talk a little bit about that. And and and, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a sensitive topic, so we want to jump into that too. And again, our phone number is 
if you would like to uh, to join us at any time, we would love to hear from you. So there you go. Looks like it's going to be a hot week coming up, huh? I know the weekend's going to warm up and warm up, but I think by Tuesday it's supposed to be like in the 90s. Uh, and I guess the humidity is not going to be so bad uh, today or tomorrow, but it's going to build up. And and, uh, and I think by Monday or Tuesday it's going to be hot and humid. So stay cool. And uh, we will keep you uh, informed and posted on everything that's happening. So there it is. Yeah. Uh, I did not watch uh, tonight's episode of Big Brother. I will watch it when I get home. It's starting to get a little bit more interesting. Um, I was a little bit uh, underwhelmed by the first uh, couple of episodes, but it's starting to get a little bit. Uh, it's they're starting to shake things up a little bit in the house. And uh, I mean, I love I love Big Brother. I watch it unapologetically. This is Big Brother All Stars, so it's. Uh, Folks that have already participated in Big Brother and they're back, so some of the uh, some of the past uh, house guests um, are back. Um, but it's already uh, you know they they eliminated someone, they voted someone out, they evicted somebody uh, tonight, and I didn't uh, see it, so I don't want to hear about it. So and I don't want to do any spoilers for people who might not have watched it. But um, yeah, I, I every summer, man, it's a, I don't know if it's supposed to be a guilty pleasure, but I watch it every summer. Um, Big Brother. I didn't think they were going to do it this year, but they did. It's and it's it's uh, it's a thing. It's happening. The the house guests are there, and um. So and uh, so it's uh, it's on. So and it, it, the weird thing about watching Big Brother is that you get to see nine thousand commercials for some of the CBS shows that nobody watches. It is why I watch the I watch the show, and then like the, the, every. Every commercial break, there's like a, a you know a, a commercial for some show that I've never watched before on CBS. How about this Love Island, Tom? Love Island. Yeah, you know what Love Island is? I've heard I've heard tell of Love Island. It's like Temptation Island. It's oh, a okay. it's a it's a reality show. Is and that they, the name and of Mike Love's Island? Uh, no, I don't know. Mike Love is an idiot. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I won't watch that Love Island, but they keep pushing. Like every single commercial break when you're watching Big Brother, I guess they assume because you're watching a reality show like Big Brother that you'll watch this stupid dating reality show called Love Island. No matter how many times you play the commercial, CBS, I'm not buying. Not buying. So looking forward to watching the Big Brother when I get home this morning after the show. So... Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. That's what's happening here. All the regular Friday features coming up after 3. Alan King, vintage from the uh, Carson Comedy Classics coming up later on. And uh, we got some fun topics. And you. We would love to hear from you. 312-981-7200. Joyce Keller is going to join me after the break. She is a psychic medium. We're going to talk about how you can communicate with your departed loved ones in seven easy steps and much more. If you want to jump in with a question or a comment uh, or... Uh, a psychic question, 312-981-7200. That's our phone number, and it's Nick DeGilio on WGN. You're looking kind of lonely, girl. Would you like someone new to talk to? Oh, yeah. 
Right, Nick DiGiulio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Joyce Keller is a psychic medium, uh, and we're going to talk about how you can communicate. She's an author, she's a television and radio host, media personality, uh, and a psychic medium. Joyce Keller joins us. Hello, Joyce. Oh, so nice to be with you. Thank you so much, Nick. Oh, it's my... I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was saying, I was looking at the, the, the um, website a little bit about you, because I, I just got your name before, and I uh, realized we'd be speaking, and I see that you were born July 6th. I was. So you were born almost on the 4th of July. I was, so yes. We have to give you... You don't get the full fireworks. You get like a little bit. I get a little bit, but you know, I mean, the, the fireworks continue in this city for about a week after the fourth. So I think that, that I always take credit for that. I remember, you know, my 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 aunt, um, my late aunt who uh, who passed away about twenty years ago. She her birthday was on July fourth, and um, she kept trying to convince my mom to go in early so that I could be born on her so I could be born on her birthday. So. There you no, go. July 6th is a, a very fine day. Okay, Cancerian people, yeah. such as yourself, yeah. are having an outrageous time. Right, right now, it's like all hell is breaking loose. Anything is possible for Cancerians. Like, oh, I didn't know that. That sounds good. Yeah, there's new opportunities, new crazy things coming your way, Yeah, things that you weren't expecting, like popping up out of, out of nowhere. You're saying, really? Well, let me <laughs> like ask you this, Joyce. Joyce, how did you, how did you, when did you realize that you had this, uh, this psychic, uh, this psychic stuff? When it, did, 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 did it just show up? Did you start to have feelings about it? When did you discover that you had these things? Uh, great question, Nick. Um, first of all, I think everybody's psychic to one degree or another, even the people who are the debaters and the doubters. They've got it also. And we all have dreams. And I've had it for my whole life because my mother was very, very psychic. She was a medium also. Mm. But my brother and sister wanted no part of it, so they took off in a different direction. And my father just kind of looked at us and had his glasses down over his nose. And he didn't know what to make of the whole thing. But anyway, my mother um, was psychic right from the start, and so was I. So I thought it was natural and normal for a three-year-old to be analyzing dreams. Wow. <laughs> and wow. To be doing, and to be doing uh, astrology and all sorts of psychic things. I thought it was great fun. Wow. So, oh, so from, uh, from the age of three, you were doing readings. Wow. Let's say that it's probably even before that, but I was—I have great recalls, early, early days, even before the time I was three, and I can almost remember not quite being born, but like after that. So wow. that, that's really—if uh, you stop and think about it, I do a lot of hypnosis, by the way. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I, I regress people back to their early childhood, past lives, and so many of the things that we're experiencing, Nick are really related to other lifetimes, relationships that are just not working out, <laughs> things that are cropping up out of nowhere. Where did that come from? A lot of it is past lives. So we have to know, we have to get to know who we really are, Yeah, what's going on. Yeah. Now, how did you discover about yourself when, when you went back and, and looked at your, at, at your past lives? When did you do that? When, were you relatively young? Yes. I, I think I always... I think if we could remember all of our past lives, we'd go crazy, or if we could remember a lot. So we're only given a very little bit, and even to those of us who remember a lot, um, 
you don't have a lot unless you go into hypnosis and then you start seeing who and what. It's like the current lifetime that we have now, Nick, is like the tip of the iceberg. You're just seeing a little bit, and then everything below the water surface is all of what and what we truly are. You know, there's so much that we cannot see that is, is all hidden. So for those of us who want to get to know who we really are, we can meditate, we can sit quietly and try to tune in. Now, you as a Cancerian are super, super sensitive, and I know that you can do that. So I know you feel everybody's feelings about you. Yeah. You, you kind of, you, I hate to say it, but I think you hurt kind of easily. Yeah. You know, and then you kind of, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going to be very strong and big, but really the fact is that you're very emotionally tender and very vulnerable, but you've learned to deal with that, and you know the earth is not an easy place. Right. So you're doing you're doing great. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're doing great there. So let me let me ask you this, uh, uh, Joyce. You, you look back at uh, your past life. What were you in your past lives? What are some of the things that you were? Oh, I think the craziest one of all. You know, we we incarnate as men and women, so I don't get too excited about um, difficulties that people are having in a female body or a male body. I say, oh, you'll get it next time. You'll. you'll You'll be you'll be a man next time. You'll see that it's not right to do that. <laughs> um, as far as far as my own life, I think probably the most um, revealing one that I had was uh, as a Chinese woman, where my name was Ling Ling L I N G L I N G, and I always had a problem with shoes. I have to be very very careful about my feet, even though I have big size ten feet now. They feel very very delicate. And I couldn't understand about why my feet were such as I had baby feet mm. <laughs> in size ten shoes. Uh, and when I, I went into my past lives, I realized that my feet had been so bound as a Chinese woman and so treated so badly uh, that it was such a thing of beauty to have your feet you know, made like five sizes smaller than they really were. So once I started dealing with my feet and realizing that. Uh, it was a whole different uh, dynamic now. Uh, things are a lot better. We have a lot of crazy stuff going on. You have to get to know a lot of these uh, little quirks that we have. Yeah. You know, like, so why? It, it's interesting that you're talking about how you had difficulty with your feet uh, because of a past <laughs> life. So, so do we bring those things with us? I mean, in our current life, so we have physical things or mental things that's, that come from those past lives that we carry with us now? That's such a great question, Nick. We bring something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to say what I'm afraid of, but uh, everybody has like a little fear of something. Because I know that if I say it, I'll, I'll receive it in the mail, so I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've had near-death experiences. I'm, I have a little problem with water, as an example, because I have actually had a drowning experience. And I went out of my body and... Uh, my my genius older sister decided to teach me to swim, and she didn't know how to swim herself. But she was going to try. To <laughs> wait, teach me wait, to swim wait, wait! She hold on. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't know how to swim, but she was going to teach. She was going to teach you. Well, this is crazy. She was seven seven years older, and she had taken swimming lessons in high school. They had shown her the class how to swim. Like she knew the dynamics of it, but she didn't actually get in the water yet. That hadn't come up yet. Yeah. So she said she knew she knew the technicalities. So she said, "I know how to do this." Well, 
we went into a lake in Southampton on Long Island, and it was an old Indian lake that had a lot of holes in it. So I stepped into a hole, and she immediately let go of my hand, and I went down. I just went down and, and just kept going, and I, I lost consciousness. At that point, you know, I had, um, I guess we would call it a near-death experience, and uh, I, I was offered the opportunity of staying here. I was eight years old at the time, or crossing over and, you know, giving up my physical body. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'd like to give up my body. I, I don't like being here. I found being a, a, a person very, very difficult. And an angel said to me, we think you should really stay in your body because you're going to have a long life and you have a lot of work to do. I said, why are you even asking me? You know, yeah. why, why are you giving me a choice if you, you, know, yeah. you want me to stay here? I've got a sister who's annoying me. I have sick parents. We have financial problems. You know, we have, I have problems with everything. So uh, they said, I think it's time for you to go back in your body now. And uh, what happened was my cousin pulled both of us out of the lake. He realized we were drowning, so he mm-hmm. saved both of us. Now, so I, I don't remember what your question was, Nick, but <laughs> that was my answer. Yeah. Okay. We do have we do we have a caller who's uh, here who has a, a, a question or so, uh, or so. It's Ruth sure. on WGN. Go ahead, Ruth. Hi. Hi Ruth. Uh, good evening, um, ma'am. I uh, am a Hi, Scorpio, and I um, would like this question answered if it's possible because it's relatively a person who's passed away not long ago. I knew George Armstrong Custer and Louis Custer in another life. And you would be absolutely amazed. I've met him uh, several times. You'd be absolutely amazed that he married the Indian who came back as a woman in this life uh, and the chief, the Indian chief at the Little Bighorn. He also married the girl who he had an affair with. Uh, She was the daughter of a chief. And her name wow. in Indian means blame the woman. But my question is, Olivia de Havilland portrayed Libby Custer in the movie with Errol Flynn. Do you have anything you can get in a contact statement from Olivia? Because she lived to be 104 years old and passed away in July. I really thought she'd make it to 105. Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you. Um, so can you tell me, and you'd love the ghost story of who George Armstrong Custer is in this life, you'd find it amazing. But I just want to not get into a lengthy amount of this incredible soulmate love story of George Armstrong and Libby Custer and Olivia de Havilland and Errol Flynn. Right. Well, we all know that she was so amazing, gone with the wind. I mean, she she blew everyone away. And she was even surprised herself that she did so well at the part, because she, she was really a very young actress at the time. I don't know what your question is, Ruth, but I can tell you about you, that you should be writing a book about this, and you would have phenomenal success with it. And that message is probably coming from George himself. I'm not sure exactly where it's coming from. But you have great writing ability and the ability, you're very eloquent when you speak. So you have tremendous energy in that direction. Okay? Yeah, she wanted to know. Actually, Ruth, I think, was uh, uh, wondering if it was possible to actually communicate with Olivia de Havilland, uh, you know, who just passed away. 
Oh, that was the question? Okay, because this was such a long uh, question. I wasn't yeah. sure. Uh, Olivia de Havilland was, is more than ready to communicate. Uh, sometimes people sleep for, for a long time after they pass, and you're not able to uh, communicate. But Olivia is around us, and it's so funny, you know. She comes in with George Harrison. She comes in with a number of very, even though you, you say, well, she had nothing to do with the Beatles. I can't help that. Uh, she said that her life was glorious. I don't know if you have a question or a comment or how I can help you with that, but she's doing very, very well. She also is talking about um, the fact that her hair was a problem in this incarnation. It was one of her great problems. Even though we see her hair as being beautiful, she said that it was always a challenge to her. Ah. She said it's not a challenge anymore. Okay. So, All right. Uh, thank you for the call, Ruth. Joyce, hold on, okay? Thank you. All right. Joyce Keller is with us. And if you want to jump in, it's 312-981-7200. We're going to talk about how uh, TikTok teens are reaching into their past lives. Uh, it's happening on. Uh, it's happening right now. Uh, and uh, we're also to talk about some of the books that, uh, that Joyce has written. And if you have a comment or a question, uh, we're also going to talk about how you can communicate with your uh, dearly departed uh, in seven easy steps. Hello, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We are here until 4. Uh, all the regular Friday features are coming up after 3. My guest is uh, Joyce Keller. She is a psychic medium. Uh, she's written several books, and uh, we are going to get into the uh, topic of how to communicate with your uh, departed loved ones in seven easy steps. And uh, hello, Joyce. Hey, nice to have you back again. Yes. I, I don't know if I was listening or not listening because I, I was hearing a double um, audio playing, so I wasn't sure. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a little unusual, but everything is fine now. We're communicating. We're okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. All right. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your books. What, what, what are some of the books that you've written? Well, the first book was Calling All Angels. That came out a long time ago, and... I was writing a book about weight loss, which I actually care about a lot. <laughs> so many people care about their weight. Okay, so I was writing calling all. I was writing a whole book about weight loss, and my angels came to me and said, "No, you're going to write a book called Calling All Angels, and we're going to give it to you very quickly. So forget about the weight loss book." And that's exactly what they did. They gave me all these mantras that people can use for all their problems. That was my first book. And I wrote it in three days because they really, really gave it to me quickly. And then I wrote a bunch of other books, and I think you mentioned Seven Steps to Heaven before. Simon Schuster came out with that book about how people can actually communicate themselves with their departed loved ones. And the secret to that is uh, when you go to sleep, before you go to sleep, you put out to the universe what you really would like. You miss your mother, you miss your father, whatever. You want to know your spirit guides, whatever it is. Say, I would really like to have that communication, and I want to remember it. And the problem is remembering it. So keep a notebook and a pen that writes. I keep two pens by my bed and write down those messages, and they'll become stronger and stronger. So your dreams 
are really an indication of what's going on with you psychically. That's the first way. And the second, of course, is through prayer and meditation, asking God to give you the information you need so you can have your correct psychic information given to you. Mm-hmm. You can work with your angels. So the other books um, are, I guess my latest book was um, by Ed, the Edgar Casey Publishing Company called Why Am I Here? that gives the purpose of our birth. You can look up your birth date and you'll find out. So I gave you <laughs> the long and short form of what I've written. There have been altogether about 10 books that I've come out with. So I like to write. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Spirit writes through me. Okay. Mm. Um, it, so you mentioned weight loss uh, and things like that. Now, you it says here that you actually have successfully uh, helped a lot of people overcome their weight problems. Is this through your, uh, through your uh, hypnotherapist, uh, through hypnosis? Yes, and it's so simple. I can give you the technique right now. And it's probably the most prevalent problem right up there with drugs and alcohol abuse. Uh, people are concerned about their weight. If you can lead yourself into a state of deep relaxation, like right before you go to sleep, give yourself the suggestion of whatever it is that you would like. You want to lose weight. Put your thumb and forefinger together of your right hand and give yourself the suggestion that every time you are tempted to eat the wrong thing like donuts, cream donuts, whatever it may be, whatever your weaknesses are, that you're going to put your thumb and forefinger of your right hand together and you will receive the impression that you do not want that. So you'll start gaining control over your addictions or your weaknesses, and that will help your weight a lot. And again, I gave you a short form of that because I know we have very brief time together. So that's the answer about weight loss. The thumb and forefinger technique okay. will help you. Okay. All right. Uh, do you work with a lot of clients, Joyce? Thousands and thousands. I've been doing this for my whole life, so I don't... I mean, there are people... I could name names. Regis Philbin just passed away, as you know. I, I was on his show many times. Yeah. He was a friend of mine, a client of mine. Uh, I don't know if you remember Soupy Sales. Sure, of course. Had, you know, Of course. I was on his show all the time at NBC, and I would be doing serious readings. People would be calling in about their leukemia, and he would be throwing a water balloon at me at the same time. So I had great fun with him, and he helped a lot of people. And let's see, um, just uh, Joan Rivers was my close friend, and not at all the person you saw publicly. She was a whole sensitive big baby person, mm. and very truthful and very honest, very sweet, and super, super sensitive. Uh, I, I can I just tell you one very quick sure uh, Joan Rivers story. I please yes uh, yeah um, many times I would do her show and then she would call me and the phone would be ringing as I got as I, I came home I had just been with her and she said you know Joyce I just thought of something and I wanted to ask you and one of those times I jumped in and I said to her Joan. Are you dating a man who has only one foot? <laughs> He's missing a foot. And I, I didn't know this. I don't even know why I said it. But she started to scream, and she dropped the phone. And, I, you know, I, I waited a long time. She didn't come back to the phone, so I, I hung up. But she called me the next day, and she apologized. And she said, Joyce, you really upset me because 
I'm dating a man who served in, I forget what war he had been in, but he had lost a foot. And nobody knew about that because he wore a special, a special prosthesis and a special shoe, and, you know, it was all, all very special. But she said, you really shocked me when you, you said that. So she apologized, and then we laughed about it. But she, she had very um, extreme reactions. And uh, recently when Robin Williams crossed over, he came to me, and he said it was really his time to go. And he couldn't, he didn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't sure exactly about the way he had died. He wasn't sure. He wasn't sure if he had done it himself or if people had assisted him. But he realized that he was in a better place. So he wanted people to know that. Mm-hmm. So many people had prayed for him and were worried about him because they thought he committed suicide. But he was really fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. you, you mentioned Joan Rivers, okay? Uh, and yeah. uh, as a, who's a friend of yours and uh, and, a, and a client of yours, um, you know the relationship between Joan Rivers and and Johnny Carson uh, was was uh, ruined. Uh, essentially, Johnny wouldn't speak to her after she got her own show because he thought uh, that uh, she betrayed him because she was like hosting all the time on Tonight Show. Do you know? I mean, now that they've both passed, do you know like if Joan ever because they never they never really spoke to each other before Johnny's death. Um, do you know if Joan, you know, in the other world has tried to has tried to contact Johnny and talk to him and maybe fix things up? She thinks it's a huge She's joking about it, laughing about it, and he's laughing right along with her because when you cross over, the higher dimensions don't have the same animosity or baby petty problems that we have here. There's friendship, there's support, and there's love. You know, in, in virtually all the dimensions, and the dimensions go on and on and on. So they're just hanging out together. They are laughing and joking, and they think that we should laugh more. But they don't realize the full extent of the um, difficulties on the Earth. Right now the Earth is going through a rebirth process that's affecting almost everyone. And it's very, very challenging because the energy is shifting from the third to the fourth and fifth and beyond dimensions. So we have a lot going on now. And you could say, well, how long is the virus going to last? Right? I mean, we're wondering about that. Yep. Okay. And it has to do very simply with the length of time that it takes mankind to grow up. Right now, people are clinging to old ways. They're using too much alcohol, too many drugs. There's a lot of child trafficking going on. A lot of things are happening on the earth that are holding back the progress of the uh, higher coming into the higher dimensions. So I don't really have an answer. I don't think the virus is going to end soon. I think it goes on possibly for years. And it's our fault because we're not taking the steps to correct it. Uh, I, I don't know if that answers. I don't even remember what the question was, but I hope that answers it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, hold on a second, Joyce, okay? Sure. All right, Joyce Keller is with us. She is a psychic medium and uh, author of many books, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, communicating with your departed loved ones, and uh, that's coming up, and we want to hear from you if you have a question or a comment. 312-981-7200 is the phone number, and we'll get back with Joyce Keller, psychic medium, coming up here on WGN.
Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. Uh, all the regular Friday features will be coming up after 3 o'clock. We are also going to be talking about being teased as a kid uh, and um, some of the uh, weird questions that realtors get. Um, and a, a German university is offering $1,900 grants for doing nothing. That sounds good. I like that. Right now, uh, and by the way, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Uh, Joyce Keller is my uh, is my guest. She is a psychic medium and uh, she's author of several books. And uh, hello, Joyce. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Sure, sure, sure. Now, you know, you've, we've, we've talked a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, many of the books that you've written. I'm, I'm curious about numerology. Um you uh, released a book called The Complete Book of Numerology. First of all, uh, explain what numerology is and, and, and how you use it. Oh, numbers are amazing. They will work for you or they can work against you. And you can say, well, have you ever gambled? If you're so good at numbers and you're such a great psychic, why don't you gamble? Well, I have the same question. Uh, I'll tell you this, and I tell this about the importance of numbers in my numerology book about gambling. And I wanted to just share it with you quickly. The, uh, the, the way numbers work, is very, it, it, it's very peculiar. You think that uh, you're going to play lucky numbers, they're just going to come up, and it, it's not going to happen that way. But when you're really in trouble, numbers can work for you. So when we were in um, Nassau on the Bahamas, I say, we, my husband and I were uh, staying for a week, and... Of course, it's a gambling place. You know, NASA is known for its gambling. Uh, but three days into the vacation, we had not brought enough money, and we didn't have charge cards, and we ran out of money. And I realized that we weren't going to be able to eat, and we couldn't take the plane back for four days more. So we were really in trouble. And at that point, my husband said, well, let's just go to sleep. We'll think of something when we wake up. So my dad came to me, and he said, you know, I'm going to do something for you. He said, I want you to get up and go down to the casino and put $5 on number one on the uh, roulette wheel. And I'm going to make the little ball go into the number one. You're going to have enough money, exactly enough money to get back to New York and to live very, very well for the rest of the week. So I said, Wow. Time to gamble, time to use numbers to my advantage, and mm -hmm. numbers can work for you. So, but I, normally I cannot gamble unless I'm told specifically what to do. So I woke my husband up and I said, let's go to the casino. He said, well, we don't gamble. I said, now we're going to gamble. So uh, it was early in the morning. It was at 8 o'clock in the morning, and my husband said, well, I'm just going to put on my slippers and <laughs> jacket and roll my pajamas and that. We yeah. went down to the casino. And, um, of course, it was empty. There were just a few croupiers um, there at the table. But I went up to the first one, and I said to my husband, give me $5. <laughs> he said, I can't give you $5. I said, give me $5. So I gave it to the croupier, and she put it on, um, I said, put it on number one. And so... The wheel went around and around and around, and the little ball stopped next to the number one slot, but then I could see an invisible hand kind of flip it in to the number one. And she said, how did you do that? 
<laughs> so I didn't touch it. I don't know. And she gave me a whole pile of money. And my husband said, that's really good. He said, do it again. I said, no, my, just one time. He said, come on, give me some money, and I want to do it. Of course, it did not work. But we had exactly enough money to get back to New York. That's an example of how numbers can work for you mm-hmm. and uh, how numbers vibrate. And my mother could only live in a house that was a number nine. Don't ask why, but that's because that's just the way it was. So we moved into a house that was a number two. Because there was owners in the family, and you know, we had no choice. We had to take that house. So my mother said, don't unpack the boxes. <laughs> she said, this is not the right house. It's a number two, and we need a number nine. I said, I'll have to live out of the box until she figures out, you know. So a few weeks passed, and they put in a road and a few more houses, and the town came along and said, okay, now we're going to give you the correct numbers. You now have a number nine house. So we became a number nine. My mother said, okay, now you can unpack the boxes. Ah, there you go. <laughs> You're in the right house. So numbers. As Pythagoras said, the whole universe turns on numbers. And it really is true. I mean, it tells tells us everything we need to know. Mm. And uh, your book is called The Complete Book of Numerology. These are all available, and you've got a website, JoyceKeller.com, correct? Right. And I don't even know if the numerology book is still available, quite honestly. Uh, I tried to get it. I couldn't get it anymore. But, you know, on the web, anything is possible. Okay. People sell you know, books without covers. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, we've we've having as we mentioned before, it's been a challenging uh, year this year uh, for many reasons. Uh, not the 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 least of which being this uh, pandemic that we're in right now. So it's been a, it's been uh-huh. a, it's been a really tough year, and I, I've noticed that a lot of teenagers are kind of dealing with this, and they're going to TikTok online and reaching into oh. their past lives. How do you feel about that? Like teenagers are actually took, looking into their past lives uh, while they're stuck at, at home and going on to TikTok. Well, that's, that's, I think it's pretty good because we need to know who you are and who we all are. Get to know yourself. The universe is hidden within us. We're not just the person that you see that lives 85 years or whatever it is. That's uh not all we are. We're not just physical people. So I, I salute them for doing that. But however, there are also a lot of kids who have committed suicide on TikTok, and because of TikTok or involved with TikTok, I'm not sure, and they're communicating with those people also. So those souls who have committed suicide, are, I hope that the teens and the people who are involved with TikTok or any suicides will direct them into the light. They'll say, you know, you don't have to stay stuck and be confused. You can go into the light and go into higher dimensions, and you're not going to just, you know, stay close to the earth or burn in hell or anything like that. So TikTok is good, and it's also bad. It's it's causing a lot of confusion. You have to be ready for the information that's coming out. I mean, do you, do you agree with that, Nick, or not? I don't, I mean, I, I'm not a big uh, techn- technological uh, uh, person. I've never used tiktok in any capacity but um um if it's if it's used for good well i mean like anything you you would have to agree with me on this joyce like anything on on the internet it can be used for good it can also be used for bad precisely yeah that was brilliantly said absolutely so tiktok in answer to your question is exactly what you said it's good and it's bad 
Yeah. So the whole web is like that. And so much deception, but there's also incredible truth and light coming in. I mean, the, the information highway is extraordinary. Yeah. But it has to be done with discernment. We have to, we have to know what we're doing. Now, because of uh, us being you know basically stuck in during the the pandemic, how are you working with your clients? Are you doing it over line uh, over the phone, or are you doing it online? How's that work for you? Well, thank you for asking that. I appreciate it. I haven't done in person readings for a long time because that involves having to go somewhere or do a lecture or something like that. But yeah. we've been kind of uh, so I I do everything either by by channel. By email, I close my eyes, I let my guide type the reading out, and for the most part, they don't have any typos. If I type it, there would probably be some, some typographical mistakes, but when your guides type through you, it's like automatic typing, automatic writing, it comes out perfectly, mm. and it, it, I very rarely make a mistake. So I, in answer to your question, I channel the readings by email, or I do it by phone. Those, those are really the two ways. Mm-hmm. So people can just get that info through my website, which is my name, .com, JoyceKeller.com. JoyceKeller.com, K-E-L-L-E-R, JoyceKeller.com. Yep. Uh, yeah. Interesting yeah. stuff. Are you are you working on anything? Uh, you know, you said that you write a lot. Are you working on another book at all? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for asking. I'm starting out, this is the first book I've written that has to do with my own experiences. And the first experience that I started out writing about is called The Joy of Miracles. I'll probably change the title, but right now it's The Joy of Miracles. And the first experience I wrote about had to do with Superman, Christopher Reeve. Mm. Okay. I just wanted to share it with the audience. This is the first, probably the first uh, paragraph of the book. And I think it's extraordinary. The, the singer-entertainer Cher, whom I'm sure we all remember, was giving a great big party. She was introducing her perfume line, and she asked me to go and to be one of the uh, gypsies <laughs> who did readings. So she said, but you have to be dressed as a gypsy. I said, I don't want to be dressed as a gypsy. Come on, I'll give you a lot of money. That's okay. <laughs> so I wore these great big earrings and a bandana. I looked terrible, but I was doing readings. And there, there were midgets and some people on pink elephants and women in, in champagne glasses. It was extraordinary. I was having a great time. And I was doing a lot of readings on a little table. And all these celebrities were coming over to me, and I was doing readings to people, you know, very famous people. And one of the people that came over to me while I was doing another reading was Superman, Christopher Reeve. And he was so gorgeous. And I looked, he came very close to me. I looked at his eyes, and it was mm. gorgeous. Okay, Joyce, Ooh, Joyce, we've only got, le- we've got about one minute, if you can wrap it up. Sure. Okay, he asked me to do a reading for him. And I, I said, well, you have to come back. because I'm with this person. He came back two or three times, and I was not able to do it because I was always with someone else. And I was so frustrated. But my guide said, we know best. We don't want you to read Christopher Reeve, and you'll find out why. And then we all know why, because mm. it had a very tragic ending. Yeah. So that was my Christopher Reeve story. Okay. But I was so distraught that I wanted to share that. Thank okay. you. All right. Well, Thank Joyce Keller is with us. You can check out JoyceKeller.com. Thank you for joining us. Fascinating stuff. She's a psychic medium. And you can check out her website at JoyceKeller.com. Joyce, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it.
Love you, Nick. Thank okay, you. Thank care. you so much. All right. JoyceKeller.com is the website, and uh, we're going to uh, break for the news. Digilio on WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio here until uh, 4. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place, our partners over there at TV, WGN TV. We get some early morning news from that team and then come back here for the great, the legendary Bob Surratt for your morning drive starting at 5. 312-981-7200 is the Team Hochberg phone line, and we would love to hear from you. So... um, There's a German university that's offering $1,900 grants for doing nothing. Tom, did you ever have a job where you did nothing and you got paid? Yes. Um, Two of them. Well, not strictly nothing, but uh, working at Cheesy's, there was oftentimes, usually Sundays, 10 to 10, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., basically sat there and made maybe one or two sandwiches an hour. And Cheesies, for, for someone that might not know what Cheesies is. Uh, Cheesies, <laughs> it's a grilled cheese restaurant, but they do kind of crazy stuff with the grilled cheese. So uh, they've got one called the Tenderizer, which is uh, grilled cheese on big Texas toast, you know, yeah, with uh, hot sauce and uh, chicken tenders in it. <laughs> the Tenderizer. The Tenderizer. You got the Caprese, which is like uh, they use mozzarella cheese with uh, tomato and basil and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And then you've got El Jefe, uh-huh. which was... That one sounds good to me. It, it is good, but it'll give you a heart attack. It'll give you a damn coronary. It's um, a grilled cheese with like chihuahua cheese and I think cheddar as well. Uh, taco meat, jalapenos, all that kind of stuff. Uh, kind of like nacho cheese sauce. You cook that, and then you wrap it in a quesadilla, and then you eat the whole thing. That's insane. I don't think I. I think I only had half of one one time. Now I'm assuming sick. that that particular item was sold late at night. Uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, because is is cheesy still over on Belmont? Yeah, that's still rocking, as far as I know. And that's a late night place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so, open, they're open until like four in the morning. So that's probably when that particular sandwich. Yeah. yeah, because people are coming out of the L and L loaded. They're just like, give me everything. Everything. On the, just on put there. it all between two pieces of bread. <laughs> yeah. But there was a lot of downtime at this job. Ton of downtime. Uh, the one where I really did nothing. The but time where I really did nothing was I worked in a bar in the uh, basement of Loyola. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. There's a bar in the basement of Loyola? Yeah. What? There, yeah, there's a bar down there. We even wound up... At, at one point, I think we wound up on uh, either Time Out or something like something like. It's a legal out. bar? Legal bar, yeah. It's in, the, in the basement of a college. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not built out. You know, it's not just... It's not like, you know, concrete floors or something like that and some guy standing in the corner like, hey, you want a beer, man? It's like a properly finished basement. Uh-huh. Does it have a name? Yeah. Uh, it was, at the time, called Ireland's, named after 
the coach who won the 1963 oh, okay. uh, championship, which uh, no other school in Illinois for basketball has ever won. So, challenges on you guys. Now, but, uh, were people misled, though? They came in, they thought maybe it was going to be an Irish place? Because uh, it's called Ireland. Really, well, I mean, no one really even knew about it. <laughs> that was the really tough part about working there. Even the students didn't really know. They'd come down, and they had, like, further down, there were some extra workstations and stuff. There were, like, TVs that you could uh, uh, reserve, because this was all in the student center. So there was, like, kind of just random places to hang out, that sort of thing. But, but was, wait, wait a minute. you got to be 21 to drink. Yeah, you have to be 21. I mean, there, there are 18-year-old college students. Right. So so they they could be in there. And we served other, we served sodas, you know, we had cans of soda and stuff like that. We had a gun, you know, soda gun. Yeah. Uh, you know, we served sandwiches and things. We had like a little panini press, really simple, very simple stuff, <laughs> very simple stuff. But uh, whenever we ran it, whenever we checked an ID, they also had to, if they look, were a student uh, or if they looked like they were of student age, they would have to give us their Loyola ID and we would run that. And it tells you because they have all your information tied to that ID. So they no one could ever really pull a fast one. Oh, I see. So they can't lie about their age. Yeah. It was very difficult to lie about your age in Ireland. But uh, by virtue of the fact that it was in the basement of Loyola's student center, no one really knew it was there. So now, people, did you bartend? I did bartend. I did. And honestly, I ended up drinking more beer than the well, people I'm who were sure, actually there. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one there. And you were allowed to have, for your shift, you were allowed to have, like, one uh, shift beer every two hours. <laughs> so I'd be there for, like, I'd probably be there for, like, you know, four hours. So just not really doing anything. Yeah. Just a couple of shift beers, just, like, sitting there. My managers would be doing, like, homework. Most of the time, I wasn't even behind the bar. I would just be sitting watching TV. And wow. then finally, someone would be like, wait, there's a bar down here? So you got paid to to sit at the bar. I got I got paid to sit at the bar and drink. Wow, that's yeah. a dream job for some people. Yeah, uh, it was super boring. I got paid, I think, uh, and I, I got paid like a regular wage. It wasn't like tipping wage because they were like, "Well, no one comes down here. No one, you're not going to get any tips." I think I, I, think I was making like eleven fifty an hour. Wow, did you sit around and drink? Just yeah, basically, long you know, just kind of uh, shoot the stuff with uh, whoever was around. Every once in a while, someone would come up and order a beer. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, uh, that sounds like a is it a three one two nine eight one seven two hundred? Do you ever have a job where you did nothing and you got paid? That's what this German university is. They're offering grants for doing nothing. I'll give you more details on that story, but I would love to hear from you. Have you ever had a job where it was like I can't believe I'm getting paid? Can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. Uh, you remember one. you remember when Jay Jay Farrell was on um, SNL? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they let him go too. I mean, they let him go, and he it was a he was brilliant. One of the sure. great, incredible impressionist. Yeah. You ever see his David? Uh, uh, what, what's the Michael? Uh, the guy who uh, hosts the show with Kelly, former football player. Oh, Michael Strahan. Yeah, Michael Strahan. You ever yeah. see his imitation? Yeah. He was like. <laughs> They did it, you know, and and uh, you know, was Michael, Michael Strahan first got the gig as uh, Kelly Ripa's partner. They did a sketch on SNL, and Jay Farrell played him, and he's like, "I can't believe this is a job." <laughs> he was like, 
<laughs> he was astonished that he was going to get paid to sit next to Kelly. I can't believe this is a job. <laughs> All right. Have you ever had a job where you just kind of did nothing? Is it Tom sitting at the bar drinking, getting paid eleven fifty an hour to sit in a basement of Loyola at a bar, boozing it up, you and know, getting paid? I think they're going to regret featuring me in their magazine last year. <laughs> <laughs> they featured you in the magazine last year? Yeah. you Didn't your dad show you? Yeah. The clip? Yeah, they he featured did. me in the magazine. They're like, producer of the Nick DiGilio show. Yeah. That's and I'm it. just like, yeah, Loyola paid me to sit and drink. Yeah. <laughs> I sat in the basement at Loyola, got loaded, and got paid. Yeehaw. College, man. Uh, so if you ever had a job where you did nothing, you got paid? Let's hear about it. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Nick DiGilio on WGN. All right, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Hi, Uh, live in the Skyline studio. Uh, It is a Friday morning. That means all of our regular Friday features will begin at 3 o'clock. we got Straight Out of Context, Nick D. Show Spies, You Big Dummy, and, of course, Fly Jams Friday with DJ Luscious Hushes. Um, (laughs) We were talking about this story here that I got in front of me, um, that a German university is offering $1,900 grants for doing nothing. So then uh, I threw this out there. Have you ever had a job where you basically did nothing and you got paid for it? And Tom proceeded to tell us about how he worked at uh, a bar in the basement of Loyola and basically just sat at the bar, drank, and got paid. <laughs> so 312-981-7200, you kind of pretty much didn't do anything, but you got paid. Those are, the, those are the kind of jobs that we would like to discuss. We're also going to give you some more details about this German university because it's a really funny story. Here's the first paragraph. Let me just read the first paragraph of this. A German university, li- listen to this. A German university is offering three grants for quote-unquote doing nothing to applicants who pitch the most compelling ideas of activities to abstain from for a period of time. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, okay, jobs that you had, you basically didn't do anything, but you were getting paid. Here's Donna on WGN. Hi, Donna. Hi, Nick. Hi. Uh, back in the 60s, I worked at the Blackstone Theater as an usherette. I would stand at the top of the aisle and tell people, you are the second aisle from the bottom, three seats to the left. You are the fourth uh, aisle from the bottom. You are on the right-hand side, two seats uh, right on the aisle, and I'd hand them uh, programs. I got paid $5 for the show, and... Uh, there were eight shows in, in, in the whole week, so I got paid 40 bucks for telling people where to go. 40 bucks for just standing in the aisle and going sit over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you get I didn't to even see did to you climb down the stairs? Did you get to see the shows though? I mean, you were there, right? You got to see some you got 110 to... times I saw the odd couple. <laughs> who would who was in it? Do you remember who was in it? Dan Daly and uh Richard Benjamin for a while. Wow, Richard did. Be- I'm, I'm assuming Richard Benjamin played Felix. Uh, yes. Yeah, that would be. 
I can't see him playing Oscar. I, 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 he, he had clinched clinched hair. <laughs> clinched hair. You still remember some of the lines from the from the play, Donna? Well, of course. And Peter Boyle was uh, Murray the cop. Oh, he was. Yep, that was before he went into uh, Second City. Wow, Peter Boyle is Murray the cop. Boy, this at the Blackstone Theater, beautiful theater too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got paid to watch The Odd Couple 110 times and hand people programs. That's pretty easy. Twice uh, twice a week I had to see the show all the way through. Other than that, uh, for the first 15 minutes I had to, to wait for latecomers. Right. And then I could split. Yeah. Wow. That's something. Okay, Donna, thanks. Thank you, Nick. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. That's awesome. Peter Boyle is Murray the Cop. That's fantastic. Wow, she saw uh, The Odd Couple 110 times. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, we're talking about jobs that were just, man, how am I getting paid for this? Here's Rich on WGN. Hey, Rich. Hey, Nick. Hey. How are you? All right, what's up? How was your vacation? Uh, it wasn't really a vacation. No, my dad was not feeling well, so that's that's Uh what I was. That's what was happening. So, what's going on, Rich? Go ahead. Well, I was at Old Park High School. I think I told you this, and we were selling hot dogs and drinks. But most of the time, I just sat out there and watched a football game. (laughs) So, so (laughs) did nothing. So you did nothing. You it was a high school thing. You did nothing. You're supposed to be selling soft drinks and hot dogs, and you didn't, and you got paid. There you go. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a quote that, that, that John Carpenter said to me. Because I was asking, you know, he did a Q&A at the Flashback Weekend a few years ago. And, of course, I did the Q&A because no one would ever even attempt to try and do it but me. Because I remember the other two hosts were like, okay, well, clearly anything that involves John Carpenter goes to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 knew not to mess. You know what I mean? There was just John Carpenter, like my, my favorite director. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, during the Q and A, I asked him about you know the remakes of the movies because at that time we had Assault on Precinct Thirteen was remade, uh, a couple of those Halloween, obviously. Uh, and so he's like, "Hey, listen, uh, I, I you know I don't mind uh, because you know why I get paid." And he goes, but "My goal in life was to do nothing." And get paid. Genius. The John Carpenter. Whenever I hear about people who had to, you know, be the either the hot dog guy or the beer guy in a beer, hip, yeah. Uh, there is a video of a concert. This is a man. It's very short. And uh, be careful if your radio is quite loud. This is a man selling Skittles. Skittles! Wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Is that real? Oh, it's a hundred. Here, listen. Get up! <laughs> and you can see in the video, this, he's like standing right next to people, and they just <laughs> jump. Where is this? Is that like a? Is that like a like concert? A, like, oh, and it's just at a. Yeah. <laughs> at a concert. One more time. Get up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skittles. That he is selling Skittles in case you weren't sure. Oh, there there was a guy at a Sox game. I want to say, yeah, it was at a Sox game, and he, he, they're selling Dippin' Dots, and 
He's going up and down the aisles going, Dippin' Dats! Get your Dippin' Dats! Just screaming Those about are good, by the way, They're dots. amazing, but you don't yeah. need to sell me on Dippin' Dots, One dude. more time with the Skittles. <laughs> Skittles! <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, man, is that funny. Well, that's certainly... <laughs> Certainly a unique way uh, to 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 sell Skittles. I'll tell you that. Here's Ike. Go ahead, Ike. Hey, Nick. How's it going, you man? All right. What's up? Okay. Uh, uh, this is kind of a job that does nothing. We we all, of course, we've all done here in Chicago lately is uh, being a background extra. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Even when uh, they need a, your car for a scene, they just use your car, and you're just sitting in the room and everything. But it's, it's fun. You get to do nothing. We're supposed to go back to work in September doing those Chicago shows. But yeah, it's a fun uh, job to do nothing and and uh, and pretend to do to do something. Actually. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ike. Thanks. No problem. Yeah, background extras, and uh, they're going to start filming those uh, Chicago shows again. So uh, we we'll need some background extras. Yeah. You ever have a job where you did nothing and you got paid? 312-981-7200. You have to pitch the most compelling to this German university. I just love this. You have to pitch the most compelling ideas of activities to abstain from for a period of time. (laughs) What What do you think? What would you abstain from? What's the th- what's the best thing to abstain from? Working out. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, maybe. So maybe yard work. Yeah, I don't have a yard. I'm j- in general. You pretend. <laughs> pretend. Imagine if you will. Nick, I live in an apartment things, building. I don't have a yard. There's these things called yards, and people have really? them. Really? Yeah. They they get on these machines named John Deere, uh-huh. and they and they ride them. I don't know what that is. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the the number. There is a German university that's offering $1,900 grants for, quote-unquote, doing nothing. So that got me to thinking, uh, what are uh, some jobs that you had where you did nothing but you got paid? Phone lines are open. Hey, how am I getting paid for this? That's the question. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Seven two hundred. I'm trying to think if I ever had a job where I did nothing. I don't think I ever have had a job where I did nothing. Yeah, I don't know. You know, because I worked at a uh, hot dog stand, and I worked at McDonald's. I worked at Jewel. Uh, I was an editor of a uh, magazine. Um, that required me to do work. I worked at a place called Cinebooks where I assigned and reviewed movies for these annual encyclopedias that we would release. I work here. I think I do something here. (laughs) I know I'm providing company and information and entertainment. I know that. And I love doing it. So, all right. uh, If you ever had a job where you did nothing and you got paid, tell us about it. Tell me about it. 312-981-7200. We want to hear from you. We'll give you a, little, a few more details about this German university that's offering grants for doing nothing. That's the dream of so many people, including the great John Carpenter filmmaker. 
I would like to do nothing and get paid. So, all right, 312-981-7200. All right. Hi, it's Nick DiGilio on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until um, 4. And uh, coming up after 3 o'clock, all the regular Friday features will begin. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're going to talk about a Texas realtor is using Bigfoot to sell houses and then some of the weirdest questions that realtors have ever been asked. And some of the weirdest job titles in corporate America. These are real jobs, real job titles, but they're insanely weird. And we will uh, talk about that, too. 312-981-7200. That's our number. Love to hear from you. Um, There's a German university that's offering $1,900 grants for doing nothing. And then that got me to thinking, well, wait a minute now. I'm sure a lot of uh, folks have had jobs where they basically didn't do anything and they got paid. And we want to hear about them. 312-981-7200. Here's Ken on WGN. Hi, Ken. Hey there, Nick. Hey. Uh, back in the last century, I was hired along with some friends of mine to uh, work for a Long Island engineering consultant firm, and they were hired by a port, where is it, Perth Amboy, New Jersey hospital, to count cars because they were running out of parking spaces and they needed to know exactly how many more spaces they would need for a new parking lot. So we would drive over every day to New Jersey and count cars. <laughs> Made some decent money. I don't know how much it was, but it was pretty decent money. And in between the counting, we would pick up girls, we'd have some nice meals, and then we would drive back to Just Long Island. Count cars. That's what your Counting job was. Counting cars for a parking lot. How long did you do that, Ken? Oh, just for a summer. It was just for a summer. Just but it was a, good, uh, like six weeks of uh, money and uh, counting cars for this Perth Amboy New Jersey hospital. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That's a nice way to spend the summer. How old were you? Were you young? Uh, I was about 19, 20. Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a great way to spend the summer if you're 20 yeah, years old. Good job. Yeah. And then I got involved in commercial radio. So there you go. From there. counting cars to the airways. There it goes. All right, Ken. Thank you, sir. Okay. Stay Take well. Care. All right, buddy. Bye. That's pretty funny. What do you do for a living? I count cars. <laughs> Meet girls, eat some good food, and count cars. That's a good way to spend the summer. You're like 19, 20 years old, hanging out, summertime, counting cars, getting paid. Okay. 312-981-7200. Uh, we're talking about uh, jobs that you've had where you basically didn't do anything, but you got paid. Uh, let's see. 312-981-7200. Tom on WGN. Hi, Tom. Hey, Nick. We've talked a couple times. Uh, I see we've talked before. I spent a few years playing just back a little bit, playing with Pistol Pete, playing guitar for a living at nighttime. And plus I work, I'm just getting off work right now as a CNC machinist and welding and whatnot. And I played a little bit of Pat Travers, but you know the Pistol Pete is with your music background and whatnot. But anyway, here's a joke for you. I mean, I, just, I was so full of sweat and dirt, the oil and welding dust. But Nick, I wanted to tell you, you, you asked your own question. You're getting paid right now for doing nothing, Nick. <laughs> uh, personally, 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 Tom, I don't think I'm doing nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think I'm doing nothing, Tom. Thanks very much. <laughs> This is a job that I'm incredibly proud of, 
Uh, I think I provide a service, and I think I keep people company, especially late at night. It's a very special time to, to connect with an audience. So I think I actually do do something, Tom. Thanks. Uh, 312-981-7200. Here's Sean on WGN. Hi, Sean. Hey, Nick. Love your show, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, I got a job for you. We were... Oops. We lost him. We lost him. Can we get him back? Call back. 312-981-7200. I'm sorry. I hit the wrong button because I'm an idiot. So uh, let's get him back. Uh, 312-981-7200, and we'll get you back and uh, get back to that conversation. Here is Pat on WGN. Hi, Pat. Hi. Hi. You want me to tell you now about my uh, Yes, Pat. Okay. When I was a senior in college, I worked for a temp agency. Uh, they sent two young ladies out, told them to dress professionally. Uh, we sat at a table as the salesman came in for meetings that day. We gave them name tags and directed them where to go. Once the meeting started, about an hour later, we sat all through the morning until lunchtime. They needed to go places for lunch. We had brochures to give them. After lunch, we sat and did nothing until their meetings were over, and then it was close to dinner time. So we gave them more brochures on entertainment and restaurants. And that's we it. Paid about five thirty, and we went home. And that's it, boy. That sounds like a breeze. Oh, it was wonderful. How long did you do that, Pat? It, it their meetings only lasted two days. No, but I, I mean, was at a temp agency. So oh, it was a ten, oh, it was a temp days. agency. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that sounds pretty easy. It was. Oh, that sounds great. All right, Pat. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. <laughs> just sitting around hanging out handing out brochures that sounds good right i like that yeah get to sit down here have a brochure i'm getting paid but you don't know that <laughs> right uh we got him back it was my fault i'm sorry about that sean i cut you off you're back oh that's all right Nick. no problem okay yeah my dad worked at caterpillar for about 35 years at aurora plant here and then uh those guys were striking all the time for whatever reason. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And they used to pay. Yeah, they they used to pay uh, us kids and my friends or whatever the workers' kids. They used to pay us to just sit in lawn chairs out out in the out in the fence and just hold up signs and yell scab all day while they sit and <laughs> sit on a camp stove cooking chili and drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy. That's crazy. So I mean, they... twenty bucks a day they were giving us. So we were, you know, when you're eleven years old. Yeah, back in 19, 1991, that yeah. was a lot of money. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I just love yeah. that, man. Yeah. You a bunch of kids out there screaming scab. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I know. And they were just sitting back drinking beer. They, they weren't even striking. <laughs> they were striking that's, for whatever reason. That is outstanding. That's right. outstanding. How long did the strike? I mean, you said they stri- They would strike a lot. How long did the longest strike? Um, what was the longest strike, Sean? Uh, the longest strike was three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. And uh, we were there... Every day after school. Yeah. And then, uh, the, you know, they were, I mean, one year it was, my dad striked six times. Oh, man. It was, it was ridiculous. That's brutal. Yeah, I That's don't know how brutal. They did, they have, did they have, I mean, what, how was their union? Was their union not great? Yeah, it was the UAW there. Oh, in, in sure. Aurora. It was yeah. just, they, they were always, Caterpillar was always trying to negotiate their pension and stuff like right. that. And, right, right, uh, right. You know, and it was sense. It was literally sense, you know. And, yeah. Um, that's the reason why that company closed down. Yeah, or that uh, that that uh, that branch. Yeah, and wow, it's a huge facility. I mean, yeah. that facility is massive, and now it's just a ghost town. Wow, it's 
That's too bad. That's too bad. Well, I love it. 11-year-olds outside screaming scab. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I know. And they were making $35 an hour back in the early 90s. Ooh. I mean, come on. And they're striking. Wow. So, that's, that's, yeah, a, that's, a, that's a hell of an hourly wage right there, man. It, it is, man. Okay. All right. Thank you, All Sean. Right, thanks, Take care, buddy. I love that. They got their kids out there holding up the signs and screaming scab while they're drinking beer and cooking chili. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a good job, man. I, love it. I like it. <laughs> uh, here's Joe. He's in New Mexico. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going? All I right. To work on work. Um, on Fifth Avenue and North Avenue. Uh, golf range used to be there. Uh-huh. We used to pick up the golf balls and hit, you know the machine. Everybody be wagging you. Me and my buddy would be out there stoned, drinking beers out in the back there. <laughs> we were only getting paid like four bucks an hour. It was like the early 70s. <laughs> so you're out there picking up golf balls while you're high. Yeah. You know, in, in that car, everybody tried no, to hit all the time. No, I know. I know. I've been to driving yeah. ranges. I've been to yeah, driving ranges yeah. where people purposely try to smack that cart, smack the ball into the cart where the guys are picking up the balls. Oh, that was one of the funnest summers I ever did. Man. I bet, man. I bet you're you're all high driving around in that cage, and basically you're driving around in a big cage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're yelling at the people that are trying to hit you. You're provoking yeah. them more to try to. That's hilarious. All right, Joe. Thanks, yeah. man. All right, have a good one, man. Yeah, you, people would purposely try to hit the guys in those carts. Well, you gotta. You, you know, know, you're at the driving range. Just like, oh, look, there's a guy out there in the cart. Go. Listen, man, uh, if Joe's out there, he's having a good time. He's yeah, well, stoned. He's, well, he's, he's stoned. He didn't he's care. He's, yeah, well, we're all we're all here for the he's same like, reason. He's like, know? I only got paid $4 an hour. It's whatever, man, yeah. Good for you, Joe. You know, my, first, you, buddy. my first paycheck, you know, what we, I, when, when, I, when I got the job at McDonald's, you know what minimum wage was? Minimum wage when I first uh, started working at... at uh, McDonald's was uh, three twenty-five, three and a quarter, three and a quarter an hour. That's what I made when I first started at McDonald's back in like eighty or eighty-one, eighty-one. So, uh, here's Nikki on WGN. Hi, Nikki. Hey, how you doing? All right. Well, the uh, easiest job where I really did nothing but got paid for it was uh, phone sex. You were a phone sex operator. Well, it wasn't just me. It was kind of funny. It was uh, me and a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And, she, and really, it was like, she, all we did was, this was like, wait, like in 1980, when, you know, all those ads, like in the, in the yeah. back of Rolling Stone. Sure. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you just had to have, like, you know, call this number for whatever. And she just had her, she had her own line in her parents' house. We'd be sitting out there making money. While her parents are downstairs, like wow. watching TV in Lake in the Hills, and we'd be eating pizza and getting high. Yeah. And it was really doing nothing. There you go. All right. Thank you, Nikki. It, it was great. It was girls and called too. I'm not trying to diss men for that. I understand. But it really, you know, but it was, it was, it was crazy. Okay. Was All right, fun. Nikki. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Did you say Lake in the Hills? I think I. In her parents' house, yeah, doing phone sex in her parents' house, getting paid. Good lord! Hey, you've seen Shortcuts, right? Yeah, you know the the whole Jennifer Jason Lee subplot where she's like diapering her baby, mm-hmm. and she's on the she's doing phone sex. Yeah. And and uh, who was her husband? Oh, I, I it's been a while. It's been a while since I watched it. Uh, but he was like he hated it. He hated the fact that she was doing phone sex. Yeah, 
But yeah, it, it was just like she's doing this mundane stuff, like she's cooking, or like she's diapering her baby, and she's t- saying the the most dis- you know dirtiest things that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. I think we actually have a little bit of audio of Nikki uh, uh, from back in the day. Okay. Get <laughs> that's that's the, sexy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's sexy. Let's hear it one more time. That's really sexy. Get How does a guy do that? I don't know, man. I bet he sells a decent amount of Skittles. Well, though. yeah. I mean, his voice is going to be shot at the end of the you know at the end of the concert. Yeah, through fear and intimidation. But like screaming people, <laughs> screaming in people's faces to get some Skittles. Well, yeah, you just say, all right, fine, here. Yeah, man. Take Jeez, it, buddy. take it easy. Lord. Yeah, I'll buy some Skittles. Just quit screaming at me. <laughs> all right. Uh, we've got some phone lines. If you want to jump in, they're open. It's 312-981-7200. Talking about doing nothing and getting paid. White Snake. Hello. Hi, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. And uh, we would love uh, for you to join us. It's all about you. 312-981-7200. There's a a university in Germany that's offering $1,900 grants for people to do nothing. So we thought we'd uh, open up the phone line and uh, have you call in here at 312-981-7200. You ever have a job where you kind of did nothing and you were like, I can't believe I'm getting paid. So basically a job where you basically did nothing. 312-981-7200. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. So uh, do you ever make yourself grilled cheese, or you, or you, you do you stay away from that because it brings back oh. memories of making grilled cheese for, 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 for people? Um, I do make some of the recipes. I memorized because you have to have them memorized. Because we would do this thing, half-price grilled cheese Wednesdays, half-price sandwiches. Ooh. So it was like for about the entire shift, it was just cheese, cheese, cheese. Now, most of the time, I was front of house, so I was taking in the orders, making sure we would. I would sometimes have to do this thing where I would take in a few orders and then pretend like I had something to go do. Yeah. So people would have to wait to just kind of stagger those orders because these guys were cranking out grilled cheese like crazy. But uh, every once in a while, uh, depending on who was on on the clock that day, I would have to go back and be the chef. I tell you what, you put on. Honestly, I'd put on like uh, uh, like just eighty speed metal in the in the <laughs> kitchen because we had a little Bluetooth speaker sitting right next to the uh, sitting next to the grill, and uh, I would just be listening to like Metallica and hmm. Dokken, Dokken, yeah, you know Dokken. <laughs> that's that's really where my love of Slayer came from. Was I used to listen to a lot of Slayer when I was making grilled cheese. All right, and so uh, yeah, but Dokken is not speed metal. Doc and his hair metal. Yeah, close enough. It's not close okay, enough. Okay, fine, 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 fine. It's, like saying, it's like saying Bon Jovi is speed metal. I would not put Dokken and Bon Jovi quite in the same box. Dokken's but... much better than Bon Jovi. Right. I mean, it's not even remotely close. Anyway, the point being, I listened to a lot of heavy metal and was like trying to make sandwiches real quick, so I have those memorized. Uh-huh. And uh, every now and again, when I make uh, a tenderizer at home, I can still hear raining blood in my head. Uh, <laughs> all right. 
Uh, jobs that you just basically didn't do anything, but you got paid. 312-981-7200. Here's Eric on WGN. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, what's going on? So hey. back in the early 90s, my dad worked at the University of Chicago in payroll, and I, w- I went to DePaul, so I had the whole month off. I got paid $8.50 to sit there full-time and take staples out of papers and make <laughs> sure that everything lined up. So for the whole month of December, I made about $4,000 just just picking staples out. Wow. And you'd figure at the University of Chicago that they can probably train a monkey to do it. So I'm about the <laughs> equivalent of a monkey at the University of Chicago. That's amazing. Wow. Four grand for a month of uh, pulling staples out of paper. That is correct. Did you have a staple remover? Yes, I did have a staple remover, but some of them were tough, so I did lose a couple fingernails sometimes. <laughs> hey, that's just part of the job. That's right. Okay. All Hazard right. Hazard pay. Hazard pay. Thank you. That's right. Thank you, Eric. Uh-huh. All right. Man, four grand for a month just taking staples out of out of paper. You could do worse. You could do yeah, you kidding? I think, uh, yeah, I never made that much doing any sort of odd job like that. I think the most I ever made was 250 bucks to rip, like, an entire house's worth of shag carpet out, you know? I remember uh, we did have to stuff envelopes. We did uh, sending out mailers. We had to stuff a bunch of envelopes. What, here? No, not here. Where? Where at? at uh, the magazine that I used Oh, to. yeah, Royal Anders Magazine. Yeah. That's got to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. We had a lot of subscribers, too. <laughs> you know? But we would, do, we would, like, write the magazine, design it all in one office. And then it would be it would be shipped off to the printer. Did anyone ever die from licking the glue off stamps? No, that would be <laughs> that was the wedding invitations in Seinfeld. Yeah, Susan, Susan, poor Susan. No, you know why they killed her off, right? Because she didn't get along with yeah. anybody. George, uh, 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 Jason Alexander was like, I can't work with this woman. What was her name again? The actress, uh, Heidi. She's I can't remember her last name. She's in Hot Shots. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. She's in Hot. She's the 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 guy who ends up the lucky. He keeps walking under. You know, the guy who's supposed to be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> she's his, she's the uh, the wife of uh, of that of that guy. But yeah, I can't remember her last name. Heidi something. But she played Susan, and she was so difficult, uh, so difficult to work with. You know, I mean, they worked with her for for several years, but you know, and it was Jason Alexander who basically had to work with her the most. But then when Jerry uh, Seinfeld and the other actors started to work with her, they were like, uh, yeah, I guess Jason's been telling the truth about how difficult this woman is to work with. So that's why they killed her off. That's why Susan got killed off. It was Larry David's idea to do the, uh, the uh, to kill her off with the envelope, with the licking, <laughs> licking the wedding invitations. Because George picks the cheapest invitations. You know what's stunning about that episode when they when they go to the hospital, and then the doctor says that she's dead, and the reaction is, "You want to go get some coffee?" I remember just the first time I saw it, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And then you know what the postscript is, right? Like, so they're they're all like, "Let's go to the coffee shop." She's dead, so they they ended up they're going to go to the coffee shop. Do you remember what the postscript though was? No, I can't. George calling Marissa Tomei to hit oh, yeah. her. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I, I still, I still watch that and go, my God. I mean, how dark is that? <laughs> You'd be surprised. I, no, I'll well, that's Larry too. David, man. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you some other time. What? 
Not that it's <laughs> and it's it's a little bit grim but funny. It's very British of my family. But after my dad died, like we were waiting for the you know the people to come to you know not to sound crass but bag him up. And uh, we're just kind of standing there, and we're all like, he's like, oh, wow, I can't believe he's gone. And my sister says, she turns like, well, how many for tea? And, like, <laughs> we're all just like, well, I'll have a cup, of course. Like, yeah, you know, two sugars, please. Well, you. you know, you got to, you know, I mean. <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that kind of gallows humor that gets you through. Yeah. I just, that's what I like that. I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. I mean, you get, yeah. sometimes you got to break up the. Uh, oh, sure. Break it up. And it, it's, it, it was kind of a silver lining to the whole thing, which is, well, how many for tea? He's, yeah. he's like still in there. You know? Well, your dad would have cracked up at that, oh, right? Oh, he would have he absolutely cracked up at it. Of course. All right. Uh, Tony on WGN. Hi, Tony. Hey, how are you doing tonight? All right. What's uh, up? I had a, I'm a CNC setup programmer, and I had a job where I did between 175 to 180% during the week, and I still held jobs back. So when they had us come in on Saturday for overtime, I would actually just sit there and play on my my uh, tablet, watch movies, and just put jobs through throughout the night. I actually never ran them. <laughs> so, wow. Getting paid to just yeah, mess they, around with your tablet. Yeah, it was like 60 bucks an hour for anywhere from 6 to 10 hours, depending on what they schedule. And it's all because, uh, you know, you try to tell them that the times are wrong, and they kept saying they're right, so... I'm like, okay, I'll do 170% during the week. I'll get ahead for Saturday, come in and do nothing. Wow. All right, Tony, thanks. You have a good night. Take care. Tony's in a wind tunnel, apparently. <laughs> His other job, Storm Chaser. Yeah, he's in a, he's in a tornado right that's, now. That's smart, man. Work ahead. 60 bucks an hour. Hell, you know. Come on, man. Listen, if they're going to make you come in... You know, you might as well. So be he does a hundred. He did one hundred and seventy percent of what he needed to do, so he could just come in on Saturday and sit and get paid sixty bucks an hour. Hell yeah! To sit and do nothing on a Saturday, watch sixty movies. bucks an hour. Watch some stuff on your tablet. Love it, love it. I love the working man. What are you doing? I'm watching the Three Stooges and getting paid <laughs> sixty bucks an hour. <laughs> Is that what you would do if you if you were if you had to be in on a Saturday? All shimp. It would be all shemp. Yep. Yeah. I'd probably just watch The Mummy. I'm a shemp guy. You're a shemp man. Yeah, he's my favorite stooge. And I know that's an unpopular choice. I like Mo. My dad's favorite is Larry. I don't know why yeah. I love that so much that my that's dad good. my dad's favorite stooge is Larry. For some reason I just find that awesome. <laughs> yeah, is, is it because not to sound uh do, do you think that it's because he slightly resembles him? What? I don't know. I think you're. I th- <laughs> well, you know, he does a bit. You know, his wallet bit, which he did for you. Yeah, yeah. He's got a driver's license that has Larry's face on it. Really? Oh, yeah. It does. Yeah, it's one of his. It's just like the opening well, bit, bit that he does. Well, the last time he did the bit for me was when we went and saw Ghostbusters at the at the uh, the AMC. Yeah, in in Rosemont. He came and sat right next to me and did the I whole. Was, yeah, I was pulls out the wallet. Shows you his picture his, of his ex. Picture of his ex, which is a, a white card with an X on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his driver's license, which is Larry Fine. But yeah, no, Larry is his favorite. I like that. American actor, comedian, violinist. Oh yeah, and boxer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he 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 could. Oh my God, could he play the violin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were. I think it's. I think all the Stooges were musically inclined. Well, Larry wasn't related to the 
to the Howard brothers, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, because you had Shemp, you had Curly, you had Moe. And, they, you know, they were brothers. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, no, Shemp, Shemp just cracks me up. I don't, I don't, you know, his hair, everything everything about Shemp makes me laugh. <laughs> leave us leave, my sweet. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to talk about the weirdest job titles in corporate America. We're talking about a lot of job stuff this morning. You ever have a weird, okay. Now let's move on to what was your title at work? Did you have a did you have a specific title? Was it weird? Like people who work at Subway are called sandwich artists. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, they're called sandwich sandwich artists. artists. I think they I think they have names for a lot of those. I think a lot of fast food places have certain names. What what about uh, what are they the uh, 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 Starbucks? What are they called again? Oh, barista. Barista. That's right. So. What's your job title? If it's weird, we want to hear it. 312-981-7200. What would my job title be? Show host? Professional jackass. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are a producer. I Well, some people have called me phone guy. Yeah, I love when they that's, do that. That's, that would be... I like that. I think it's funny. Phone it's like, guy. Yeah, like, would, that's all you do. I was talking to your phone guy. Yeah, that phone guy. The number of people who don't realize that that's me on the other end is so funny. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, we got a break here for the news, and then we're going to talk about some of the weirdest job titles of all time. 312 981 7200. All right. Hello. Good morning. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. It's Friday morning. Yeah, man. Friday. Regular Friday features coming up after 3 o'clock. Straight out of context. Nick D. Show spies. You big dummy and fly jams Friday. Get those requests going and uh, Luscious Hushes will play the jams. Live in the Skyline studio, that's us. Hey, we always play some classic Johnny Carson comedy. The Johnny Carson Show, you can see it every night on Antenna TV. It's awesome. And so we play some uh, classic Carson comedy. Some stand-up, sometimes sketches, sometimes interviews. Well, we're going to hear from one of my favorites of all time. From 1985, the great Alan King. Love Alan King. So we'll hear some comedy from Alan King. And then again, the Friday features at 3. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're going to talk about some of the weirdest job titles in corporate America. Um, and if you have a, a, a weird job title, we were talking about jobs earlier that basically where you don't do anything and you get paid. Um, so uh, now, do you have a job title? And if it's a weird job title, we want to hear from it. We want to hear about it. 312-981-7200. Did you have a job title at Cheez-Its or Cheezies? Cheez-Its. cheez That's the snack, the cracker. Um. No, I guess you could. I, not really. Cheese Wrangler? Cheese Wrangler. That would be a good one. Cheese Artist? Yeah. Cheese Monger, maybe? Mm-hmm. So Sandwich Artist is what, they, is yeah. what they're called at Subway. Yeah, and I only knew that because one of my buddies, his sister worked at Subway for a period of time, and we were always going for free sandwiches yeah. and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, if you look at their name tag, it says Sandwich Artist, <laughs> which... If you've ever been to Subway, you know is a stretch at best. Not their fault. Yeah, that the cold cuts have been sitting out for like eight hours. I um, <laughs> when I worked at Jewel, when you, when you, when I when you first start working at Jewel, I was a service clerk. Service clerk. Right, and then I moved up to clerk. 
<laughs> so I, I feel like I was, clerk would uh, be the bottom, but no. No, service clerk, because you have to p- provide service. Service clerk. Then yeah. you're just a regular clerk. Then you're a clerk. And then, uh, well, then I guess you move on to management. Fair enough. Um, you weren't like dairy technician? No, I was dairy manager. Dairy manager. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, I went from service clerk to clerk, and then I moved over to dairy and uh, mm-hmm. started out as just a dairy, you know, in the dairy department and then moved up to manager, a dairy manager. There you go. So, Climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. Jeez, I was with Jewel over 11 years. Um, You know, my dad's been with Jewel now 13 Wow. 13 years. And they keep giving him stuff. I never got anything. Like for his 10th anniversary, they gave him a watch, like a really nice watch. I got a pin. I got like a little pin that said, yeah, 10 years. <laughs> Put it on your lapel so you look like a moron. And they get to wear T-shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to wear a tie. Well, I mean. I had to wear an apron and a tie and cords, and I couldn't wear gym shoes. Now they could just wear whatever the hell they want. They wear a T-shirt that says Jewel on it. Mm. I had a, a you know a, a collared shirt and a tie, apron wrapped around it. Then my dad's running around in a T-shirt. Everybody's just it's a free for all at Jewel now. <laughs> Used to be disciplined. <laughs> yeah, service clerk. You know you know what facing is. Facing? Yeah. Like customer facing? No. Okay. What's facing? Facing is um when you basically go up and down the aisles of the of, mm-hmm. of, of the jewels. Oh, and you and you bring two items forward to the edge of the shelf so it looks full. Mm. You do the entire aisle. That's neat. every shelf. Yeah. Hours, like eight hours of facing. <laughs> Good luck. I'm not kidding. That's that's you, when, as a service clerk, that's kind of what you do. You basically you bail cardboard and you face. Let me let me ask you this. When you're doing a task that kind of mindless or monotonous. Oh man. I mean it's important. They want you to do it, so you do it. You know, yeah. whatever you do it. Yeah. Uh what do you think about? You know, because at, at the at the time I'm guessing you weren't allowed to have a Walkman on or something no. like that. Well, I mean it's it, 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 well I mean the store was the store was open, yeah. But sometimes because we would close the store would close at 11, and um, I was on the overnights, so we would crank up the music. We would have the intercom. Oh, okay. So you we would, would have that. the intercom up against the radio. You know, we'd have the intercom stuck open and put it next to the speaker of a radio. Right. And we would have music blasting, you know, throughout the whole store. Because we would, st- I think, no, I think they closed it, yeah, they closed at 11, and we would work 11 to 7. And that would require, well, this was, when I was working 11 to 7 on the overnight hours, that was when I was actually a clerk, and so I was actually doing stock I wasn't facing. But yeah, facing that was a, that was a thing that we did. There were times when you know when I first started at Jewel, where all I did was that. That's it. I would like you know sometimes bail some cardboard, um, get service checks. Like if someone needed the uh, price of an item or someone needed a, to to take an item back, that would be something that you did. But you spent most of that time just uh, just facing, facing your own mortality. Just facing. It's like two items. Right to the edge of the of the shelf, every single shelf, every single item. And if if it was like let's say like um, you know they did have those like bins for uh like uh, cans of uh, cat food and stuff, mm-hmm. we would have to scrape those up so it looked full. Yeah, yeah. So, it looked, so you just wanted to make sure you wanted to make sure that the aisles looked like they were full, even if they weren't. You had to bring up the two items right to the. Mm-hmm. 
Because you don't want people to think it's scarce in there, you know? Yeah. I think the only real title I've ever had that kind of was didn't really explain what I did was promotions assistant. Where? At uh, at a uh, different radio company when I was when I first started out. Promotions assistant? Yeah, I worked in promotions. So which was really more of here, come get a t shirt. Oh, I see. Sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We used to have to go and do like, you know, prize installations and everything like that. You right. Hang, you hang out at some Nissan or uh, or a Boost Mobile <laughs> and give away stuff. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I liked it. You got to hang out with people most of the time. Yeah. What was it again? Promotions what? Promotions assistant. Promotions assistant. Yeah. You weren't even you weren't even total promotion. You were just an assistant. Yeah, it was just promotions assistant, which yeah. was basically just running around and carrying heavy stuff. But that's how I met the Backstreet Boys. Uh, what? Yeah. That was the best job you could get if you were working one of the concerts, was you could get talent wrangling. You were a talent wrangler. You wrangled the Backstreet Boys? Well, I'm, I'm more politely asked yeah. than uh, wrangled. But, uh, you know, you go up there, you're just, yeah. oh. You, Did you Well, I was freaking out because they were huge when I was really young, and I loved them. Um, I love that song. Yeah. Back streets, back. All right, but you just you just like go and knock on the door, and you're just like, oh. I always forget who's in, you know, what who was in what band. I get them confused. Like, oh, what was Joey Fatone was in In Sync. Yeah, he was in In Sync because he's a host of uh, Common Knowledge on the Game Show Network. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, those Backstreet Boys—they're like in their forties now. So you like knock on the door, you go, oh, 15 minutes, fellas. They're sipping like you know Lipton tea. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, see yeah. you soon. They're hanging out with their kids. Yeah, you know, or their well, wives I mean, are there. It, you, you know, know I mean. But I'll tell you, they still got the moves, man. Yeah, well, they can dance. There's they no can, question about it. They are Backstreet back. Well, that, right. that and that video rules because they're all you know, Mummymen and uh, yeah. Wolfman. So weird, Draculaman. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Uh, hold on. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We're going to talk about some of the weirdest job titles in the world. And uh, if you had a job title or you have a job title and it's kind of strange or weird, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Yeah. Swing, baby. Nick <laughs> Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here until 4 o'clock. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we've got uh, the Friday features straight out of context. That's where you listen to this radio station 24-7. Whenever anybody says anything that they can pull out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle, you jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Also, Nick D. Show Spy, same thing. Listen 24-7. Whenever anybody mentions me or the show in any capacity, we want to know about it. Jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. You big dummy. That's where we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff, and then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. And Fly Jams Friday. DJ Luscious Hushes is here to bring back the funk. <laughs> So now we're talking about some of the weirdest job titles, uh, and uh, we want to know if you have a job title. 312-981-7200 or Sean on WGN. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Nick. You know, I got my uh, I got my septic tank cleaned out one time, and, and this, you know, the the guy gave me his card, and I just, I just, I just started chuckling. It was, uh, you know, it was a, San, his name, his, his 
his title was a sanitary a sanitation engineer. <laughs> I was just I just started chuckling because I was like, that's a really you know nice way to put it. Yeah, you know? yeah, sanitation you know sanitation engineer. Yeah, I thought that I just had a you know I just I thought it was a fancy name for poop sucker. So yeah, it's funny. <laughs> All right, Sean, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Sanitation engineer. That sounds good though, right? Yeah, I'm a sanitation engineer. Yeah, isn't that what they also call garbage men? Uh, that could be it. Well, I know it's like kind of the other name for gender is custodian. Custodian, right? Which honestly, I'm cool with that. Hmm. I'll call I'll call you whatever you want. Yeah. You know that's my favorite character in the, the Breakfast Club is Carl. Well, it should be everybody's favorite character. He's my favorite. Judd Judd Nelson's like you know Brian here would uh, like to know he would like to pursue the custodial arts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what were you, what did you say, cheese slinger? Cheese slinger, yeah. At uh, the Cheez-Its? Yeah. What about, uh, so well, you, you you were a bar back. I was a bar back. That's a, that's uh, a title. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, th- well, I, I would like to call that title, really the ca- title should be Whipping Boy, if we're being honest. Uh, I was always, I was always, I was always very kind to my bar backs. Mm-hmm. I was. I, well, I, no, I believe you. I was I very kind. You. I was very kind because uh, well, I was a, I was a bartender, and yeah, especially on Saturday night if you're getting if you're getting slammed. Well, yeah, because it's like you don't have time to go and change that keg. Yep. And luckily, we didn't even have we didn't even have taps. Which oh, we did. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> no, that a one part of that job. I was really happy I didn't have to do was changing the keg or like cleaning the lines and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I would well, I would occasionally have to do the soda line. But it really, well, yeah. not, it's not yeah. bad to do that. But cleaning, it's, but you know, the, the cleaning the beer line is really it's, gross. It is really gross. Super gross. Yeah. But what I would have to do is all the product was downstairs in the basement. And, and you have the, to carry, carry it up. Yeah. I would have to go take a cart, go all the way downstairs to this base. It was like so far away. It was so far away for every, realistically every, how often I was there. The, the bars that I worked at, um, all had their stuff downstairs. Sure. All of it was in the basement. Cooler, obviously. Yeah. You know, you got to go down. and They have one of the oldest coolers in the city at Simon's. Really? It's an old wooden cooler. It's really cool. Wooden? Yeah, it's wooden. Wow, that's pretty, that is really it's cool. It's really cool. I, I mean, I haven't been I mean, there. Yeah, it's a cooler. I haven't been there in years. But uh, but it's got like a, you know, the, the door on the outside has got one of those like uh, boards where you have to lift it. Oh, you know, to, because it's it locks in because it's got that yes, me, the metal thing is out there and you drop the board into the metal slot. Yeah, and yeah. then you have to slide it back up, and then it's got a big handle. It's 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 old man. Is it one of those without the safety release where if you get trapped inside? Well, I mean, you've got the the board. no. It had it had the it had, it the, had, the, push. It had the push button. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that was always my greatest fear. Oh, I know, man. I I, I would always prop it open. I know I wasn't yeah, supposed even, to, but if I, if I was stocking stuff, I would always prop it open. No, I would do the same thing because yeah. you don't want to wind up like in The Shining, where you know no. Wendy locks you in. No, no, you need that safety that safety release. I knew it worked. I but I, I you could test it a million times, but you could never convince me. No, I it, it's, no, that was always a, that was always like a you know any of the places that I worked at going down to the cooler was always not a, not one of my favorite experiences. Mm. But yeah, bartender, I was never a bar back. You never did, had to do. I that, never though. was a bar. I mean, I've done what barbacks do. You know, if you're bar, sure. if I'm yeah. if I'm buying the bar by myself, obviously I'm going to be yeah stocking stuff and you know 
washing the the glasses and stuff. Washing glasses. Yeah. We used to have this little. It was like uh, a very small dishwasher just for glasses. And I used to have to run that thing like crazy. Well, we didn't have dishwashers. We were the dishwashers. Yeah, we were the dishwasher. But we just had so much stuff coming in. It was this tiny little dishwasher. With the big brush that you would stick the, the pint yeah. glass on. Yeah. Did yeah. you have the motorized one? Uh, we did it. We did it times, yeah. Yeah. That was nice. Not at uh, the other the other two bars I worked at now. Yeah. There was nothing like having to go and restocking like these piping hot glass. Like I used to come home with my hands would be swollen. Oh, I don't even. Heat. Listen, man. Um, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a big I can't stand lotion of any kind. It just, you know, I don't like lotion on my hands. I don't like, you know, that's why this, uh, you know, the uh, the hand sanitizer that I use is this, the the clear stuff. Because I know there's a hand sanitizer that also is like a lotion. Moisturizer. Can't yeah. do it. No. And my hands are dry. <laughs> my hands are dry as hell. But when I bartended, forget it. I mean, geez, it was ridiculous. And we had like, you know, they had a big bottle of uh, of hand lotion behind the bar that people would use it except for me. You weren't going to use the community bottle of Jergens. Uh, well, that was what was back there. It was a was big it giant, Jergens? yeah, big, big giant Jergens. Yeah, just with the pump. <laughs> you know, is that the sound? That's the sound. But yeah, it it does it, it it really is tough on the hands. I'm not I'm not you know I mean people anybody who knows anybody who's bartended or done dishwashing of any kind knows how ridiculous it is on your hands. That's why they have that stuff behind the bar. Got it. I never used it. <laughs> All right, weird job titles. How about this? Chief Troublemaker. Real job title. This title is primarily for founders and CEOs who want to make it known that they like to shake things up. Like web design company Matrix Group's Matrix Group's founder, Joanna Pineda. She's a chief troublemaker. I'm not going to lie. If someone handed me their business card and it said chief troublemaker, I might laugh at them. That's what I was in school. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was the chief troublemaker in school. But uh, I don't know if that's you know quite the job title that you would aspire to have. Well, if you're making you know, $40 well, if you're a, billion if you're a founder, a if you're a CEO, you're fine. You, you, can call call, your... you can call yourself anything you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're a CEO. You're it's a, you got nothing to worry about. You're you're a CEO in a way. What? Chief Entertainment Officer. Oh, please. Hey, oh. Uh, <laughs> direct Marketing Demigod. What is that? Seems a little sacrilegious. Direct Marketing Demigod. Uh, by the way, uh, we're talking about uh, some of the weirdest job titles. If you have a job title or you had a job title, it might be a little unusual or weird. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. So Direct Marketing Demigod. A demigod is a mythical person who is the offspring of a god and a mortal like Hercules. By the way, have you seen the, the Lou Ferrigno Hercules movies? Oh, yeah. They're the greatest movies yeah, of all time. I got them in HD at home. They're the greatest movies of all time. They're wild. They're the two two of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen them 9,000 times. A curse on you! And the, and the, and the, the voice that they dubbed for Lou Ferrigno? It's great. The third thunderbolt. Uh, a direct marketing demigod, on the other hand, is the person in charge of writing email blasts and mailers. So, not quite the same, but it does sound impressive. If you want a job that uh, that actually impresses, I got we have a list here of jobs that'll get you dates. Hey, find that for us. Job, just Google jobs that'll get you dates because I think this is the uh, bestlifeonline.com. That's where we got this uh, weirdest job titles of all time. 
Who would you give credit jobs going to get you a date? Do you think my job could get me a date? Eh, probably. I mean, I'm not looking. That that part of my life is done, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Oh, this is weird. Teachers. Yeah. you got to respect teachers, right? I guess so, but it's not like, yeah, I'm a teacher. Yeah, you know, I work with uh, children all day. Sometimes well, let I... me have that. You got you got a full, a full list. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me have it. All right, all right. Let's let's take a break here, and we're talking about uh, weird job titles, and then we're going to get into some jobs that'll get you da- jobs that'll get you dates. And I don't mean the fruit. What bad dates <laughs> from Raiders? I know. All right, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. If you have a job title that you think is a little weird. Call us. We want to hear from you. Ain't no woman like the one I've got. Ain't no woman like the one I've got. Yeah. Ain't no woman like the one I've got. Hi, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It's Friday morning. Everybody have a lovely weekend. Um, and we're here till 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place for the TV side of WGN, get some uh, early morning news from them, and then back here to the one, the only, the legendary Bob Surratt for your morning drive at 5. Hey, if you've got a, an interesting or weird job title, 312 981 7200. 312-981-7200. Okay, and these are real job titles. And then we're also going to talk about jobs that will get you dates. Bad dates. Um, all right, Galactic Viceroy of Research Excellence. What? That's a real title. Galactic Viceroy of Research Excellence. Um, as you could probably surmise, there was only one Galactic Viceroy of Research Excellence. It was a position at Microsoft for somebody who did cloud research all day, so it was actually a more important role than that ridiculous name would suggest. So, uh... It was better than sitting and just sending out emails all day, just email blasts. Well, that's what he did, but that's what the person did, right? Yeah. We did cloud research. Cloud research. All right. Innovation Sherpa. This is a real title. Innovation Sherpa. 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 Uh, Microsoft has a spot for an innovation Sherpa, which is a consultant who helps people figure out how to innovate. But saying Sherpa definitely makes it sound like there's more to it than that, like maybe a life-changing trek. So at Microsoft, they just like to screw around with titles and stuff? Is that, is that the deal? I guess deal? so, yeah. All those Silicon Valley guys are kind of odd. Yeah, that's that's. They like to come up with weird names for everything. Yeah. Um, Swiss Army knife. That's a position. I thought it was an object. Oh, it is. There's Swiss Army Man, which is a really good movie. Uh, did you think Swiss Army knife was a knife? Well, think again. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> because it is it still is. a knife. It is. Think again. It's a jack of all trades, typically in a startup, who does a little bit of everything because they don't have enough employees to cover every role yet. 
why not just go by jack of all trades? Yeah. Okay. Well, I always I always find it funny that people refer to themselves as a jack of all trades because it's kind of not a flattering thing to call yourself or to call somebody because you're a jack of all trades but a master of a none. master of none, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the full that's the full phrase. Right. Well, the f- the full phrase is a jack of all trades, but a master of none is oftentimes better than a master of one. So maybe it is a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, how about Wizard of Light Bulb moments? Wizard of Light Bulb moments. Is it similar to a Wizard of Oz, or my guess is it's an idea man. Yeah. Um. This job title sounds like it's all about brainstorming, but it's actually a lot more varied than that. Actual duties can include marketing, innovation, being a founder, or having enough seniority that you can just decide to call yourself Wizard of Light Bulb Moments. Light Bulb Moment Wizards also market themselves as independent consultants and help companies manage their innovation, usually in the tech sector. The Wizard of Light Bulb Moments. All right. Security Princess. Oh. Security Princess. The role of Security Princess started at Google with Parisa Tabriz, who spends her time as a white hat hacker attacking Google to look for flaws. The title caught on, however, and now it's uh, beginning to spread. So uh, people are using it in other companies as well. The security princess, boy, that's that's a that's a heck of a job. You're just going to try and hack Google to see if there are flaws. So uh, security princess, that's a that's a nice sounding title. All right, how about this? A happiness hero. Is it real job titles? If you want to join in, it's three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Happiness hero. The title happiness hero is vague enough that it could entail any number of things, but typically it is assigned to those working in customer service. The position started at social media marketing firm Buffer as a means to describing people who respond to emails, but now it's a not uncommon title at a number of industries. The happiness hero. Tom, would you like to be a happiness hero? No. I want to be a sadness villain. (laughs) Happiness hero. (laughs) You have to respond to emails. Oh. God, I I just would not want that job. You know, I did once apply for a job when I was in college uh, to work at Cards Against Humanity. Oh. It was in customer service. Uh Uh-huh. But you had to come up because, you know, Cards Against Humanity, they do, it's very, like, off-color sort of stuff. Well, they send us a whole box full of them. Yeah, geez. It's still there. It's still in the office, yeah. I don't know how to get it home. Um, But... uh, you know, you had to have like a real kind of off sense of humor. Well, of course, yeah. So you, but like they give you examples of how to respond. It was customer service. So you had to be the most least helpful customer service. Like you had to basically write to these people and be, treat them like they're stupid. <laughs> that was Cards Against Humanity's way of doing it. Yeah, it was It was really funny. Like you, I know I know a guy that got the job and he was hysterical. His his responses to customer service questions were absolutely ridiculous. And it's like, uh, it was stuff like, like oh, uh, you know, I couldn't find this thing that I ordered. Like I, I opened the box and it didn't have the thing that I ordered. It's like, well, did you check under the box? 
like or something stupid like that. Like, well, if you can read the manifest, it tells you that it only has this in it, and you're just coming in a different shipment, dumbass. You know, something like that. Jeez. Yeah, you know. But then again, it's Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I guess. Uh, here's Trucker Rich. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, good evening, Nick. Back in the 80s, in between when I was laid off for a while, I had a job at a mattress factory as a mattress inspector. <laughs> I was the only I was the only guy in the department with all these young college age ladies and we'd just inspect mattresses, but you should have seen all the looks we got when we'd like go out on break or something, you know, or their boyfriend to go, What are you doing today? Well we're we're testing mattresses and that they look at me like they were gonna, you know, thump on me, but it was fun. Yeah, I was just gonna say, how does one inspect a mattress? What do you do? Well, you know how the there's that binding that goes around yeah. the edges. Yeah. Well, you'd make sure that that was all stitched and there was no spots that were missed on the stitching and make sure the warning label that don't tear this off or you'll go to jail was on there. And then we'd throw them on a, on a platform and then they had like a, a press that would go down and see how much compression it had. And, you know, the spring back rate, you know, you do right. that two or three times and right. make sure that, you know, everything was, the coils were right. And, but it was just kind of funny working in a, in a department with all college age young right. ladies and our job titles were mattress testers. Mattress you know. testers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right, Rich. All right. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> I'm a mattress tester. Yeah. I figured it'd be just, you know, kind of jumping up and down on the bed or something like that, you know. Jumping up and down on the bed? Yeah, to test how strong it is. You know, test if it's got a nice amount of recoil or, uh, or uh, you know, dropping an egg on it or, like, you know, putting a glass of wine, you know, on You've there. been watching too many commercials. I've watched a lot of TV. Yeah, the glass of wine. Yeah, the glass of wine. That doesn't it? spill even yeah, if you... because it doesn't shake the mattress. Yeah. Even if you jump on it. That's like, a, like those memory foam ones, right? I think that's what it was, is the memory I foam. I don't remember. Yeah. I remember the commercial. I remember the glass yeah. of wine on the on the mattress. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nearly sold me. I just didn't have, uh, you know, the $1,500 or whatever to buy. Mattresses are expensive. Right? I mean, they're really expensive. And then, you know, you, you remember the, all these weird stories about how, how so many people think that mattress stores are a front? I, the, I'm not going to lie to you. I literally believed that for the longest. Because there's like a mattress store on every block in certain neighborhoods. Especially Chicago. That's I've what never, I'm saying. I've never seen it in any other city. I, I was l- just in Denver. Not a mattress store in sight. There's a, a ton ma- of mattress stores in the city. There, there was a mattress store on on the corner of uh, I think it was Sunnyside and Broadway, right by where I live. Sunnyside and yeah. Broadway. It's not there anymore. They closed it. But then, like down the street, there was a yet another mattress store. When I was going to Loyola, there were two mattress stores within a block of each other. Yeah, uh, from the same. They were both American mattress. They were there. There's there was one almost literally a block away across the street. From another one on Lincoln Avenue, What's right on Lincoln Lincoln near Fullerton. And you're going to tell me that the Chicago outfit isn't laundering money through these? That's just I, a, I have zero proof. I have literally no. You do zero not have proof. any proof. No, but I believe it a hundred percent. All right, <laughs> you're out of your mind. Uh, all right, how about a chief heart officer? Well, I'd hope that's a some sort of uh, heart surgeon or something. So this is a role seemingly exclusive to VaynerMedia. 
where the chief heart officer works to infuse the agency with empathy. Oh, boo. <laughs> and that's in quotes, by the way. Infuse the agency with empathy. <laughs> with empathy. No, no, no. The whole thing is in quotes. Infuse oh, okay. the agency with empathy. Oh, okay. That's what the chief heart <laughs> officer does. God. Do we have a chief heart officer here? Um, that is a... Well, there's a lot of people that I really like. You know, I, maybe Mary. Mary V. She's she's she always infuses a lot of heart. Yeah, I always love hearing Mary. She's, yeah, Mary's great. She's great. You know, uh, Huey Lewis. Huey. <laughs> I mean, it is the power of love. You yeah, know? Exactly. Um, cheat heart heart officer at WGN Radio. That's a good question. We have to think about it. <laughs> Chief heart officer. So. All right. Well, let's let's think on that. Bob Ferguson. Oh, n- n- no doubt. <laughs> he used to be Aubrey Mumpower. Yeah, good old Aubrey. Good old Aubrey. Uh, galactic travel agent. Well, this I mean, this is a thing of the future now. This is a real thing. A galactic travel agent. Well, I'm, what I'm, what are we in total recall? What what? But I'm guessing that's what are you, what are you going to call the guys once SpaceX is finally shooting people off to the moon and such? There's going to be a Hilton on the moon someday. You're going to have your galactic travel agent. In this case, galactic travel agent isn't some fluffed up job title. A galactic travel agent is actually in charge of booking space travel for Virgin Galactic. See? Wow. I actually I actually knew a galactic travel agent. Okay, Doctor Who. What? Yeah. What? He used to sell acid to people underneath the LaSalle Bridge. Good Lord! There's just something wrong with you. I swear to you. By Friday, you're just you're gone. But when we reach Friday morning, you're just you're gone. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Oh, thank you, Russell Crowe. Uh, Digital Overlord. Digital Overlord. I think was that Mark Zuckerberg. It sounds like a very powerful job, but it's actually just a gussied-up term for a website manager in the tech world. <laughs> Come on, a website manager is a digital overlord? Digital overlord. All right, let's take a quick break. We've got more weird uh, job titles. If you have a job title or you had a job title, 312-981-7200. We're also going to talk about jobs that'll get you dates. How about that? Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Hi. We are live in the uh, Skyline studio here until uh, 4. That's right. Is that it? Is that one? 4 a.m. Oh, man. I got to set my alarm. Yeah. Again, it's Friday, so Tom's lost his mind. Um, and uh, coming up, we got our regular uh, Friday features uh, after 3 o'clock. We're also going to talk about jobs that will get you dates. And right now we're talking about weirdest job titles. If you have, if you got a job title or you had a job title, maybe it's a little bit weird. Share it with us. We want to hear from you. 312-981-7200. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Right here on WGN. Okay. Here are some more real job titles. You ready? Chief instigator. That was that was me in school as well. 
chief instigator. Instigating and disrupting are both pretty hot in the business world right now. Like the chief troublemaker, chances are the chief instigator is a founder of a startup who thought CEO sounded a bit too stuffy. Like Andrea Miles, who serves as both chief instigator and CEO of the tech incubator China-Australia Millennial Project. What? That's just, I don't know. Titles like that just make you seem self-important. Chief instigator? Yeah. Just call yourself the CEO. Just call yourself the CEO, Yeah, and, and again, you know, the Silicon Valley stuff is where a lot of these weirdest ones come from. Yeah. And I, I get the sentiment. You want to stand out. Sure. Who yeah. doesn't? But just show that through your actions instead of your business card, I guess. Chief instigator. All right. You just want to be different. That's what it is. How about word wizard? I'm a word wizard. Popular among hip companies, often in the marketing sector, in need of copy, a word wizard is just a writer. Unless you happen to hire a writer who is also magical, in which case, congratulations, you have an actual word wizard. Uh, It's just a writer. What do you do for a living? I'm a word wizard. Okay, but what do you, what do you do? Yeah, you know what do you do? I'm a writer. I'm a wizard of words. <laughs> J.K. Rowling, uh, dream alchemist. What? A look through LinkedIn shows that most of the working dream alchemists are in the field of marketing or promotion. What? What does that even mean? I mean, I understand, I understand what the you know, but what does that? How does that have to do with marketing or promotion? A dream alchemist. That's real, though. How about water cooler reporter? Water cooler reporter. Water cooler reporter. Play your cards right, and uh, you could be a water cooler reporter at Mashable. Of course. This is a person who writes for their water cooler channel, by the way, not somebody who hangs around the actual office water water cooler all day and then dishes hot gossip. Mm. You know, I... I think that would accurately describe like what Marcus LeShock does, which is just kind of like water cooler stuff, you know, interesting stories. What's trending? Yeah, what's trending? Yeah. I kind of like that. Water cooler reporter. It's a, uh, but this is at Mashable. But they actually have a water cooler channel on Mashable? What does that consist of? Bubbles? And small paper cups? I mean, we don't have water coolers here. We do not. We have a fridge. We have two fridges that uh, dispense ice and water. Well, there is there is that one in the uh, in the break room, like in the kitchen, kitchen, not the kitchenette. It's There's like a water a, cooler in the in not, the not, in the break room. Not a traditional water cooler, but its only function is to give you water and ice. Oh, okay. Well, water cooler doesn't give you ice. No, but. It's like better than a water cooler. Yeah, I still use the fridge because we've got two fridges that dispense ice and water, and then we do have the it's good the, the machine that's in the break room. Yeah, but no water coolers. We stopped with the water coolers a long time ago, back when we were at, at the Trib. Um, but we used to have water coolers in the offices. What you talk about around the water cooler? Well, we used to have them. I know we had them on the first floor. 
when we were still on the first floor at the Trib, we had water coolers. There was a water cooler in uh, the showcase studio, in the producer's hut. Oh, really? Yeah. That would have been nice. There was a water them. cooler right in the, right next to the filing cabinet. Remember, they had the filing cabinet mm-hmm. in the in the in, mm-hmm. in the showcase studio uh, producer hut. Yeah, but then they put a mini fridge in there, and people would just forget yeah. like their yogurt and stuff. Well, that's an issue. Uh, so gross. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, that's any any office is going to have that. Well, I mean, the, the the office fridge is a whole nother. That's just a whole nother topic. <laughs> you're talking talking about biosphere yesterday. That's yeah. a real biosphere of its own. It's like who? Yeah. Don't take don't take Dave Ennett's yogurt. No, because the overnight crew will get blamed as as they are wont to. We be. were we were accused of stealing Dave Ennett's yogurt. I've never forgiven him. I wouldn't. He didn't do it. I don't think he accused no. us. I think it was like the the rest of the staff did. Yeah, but somebody replaced his yogurt. Someone we still don't did. know who. Yeah, it was the, well. We know who it was. The yogurt fairy. Oh, that's right. He got a he got a card and everything. All right. How about a digital profit? There's a there's a title for you. David Shing might be the person responsible for the proliferation of this these ridiculous job titles. He dubbed himself AOL's digital prophet in 2011 and now tours the world as a thought leader. He's a digital prophet, Tom. My god. Oh, I like this one. You ready for this one? This is a, a title. Paranoid in Chief. The people who work on cybersecurity at Yahoo are called the Paranoids. Thus, the head of cybersecurity naturally goes by Paranoid in Chief. Why would they be called the Paranoids? Well, because you got to be thinking about every possible threat. So for cybersecurity. Yeah, for cybersecurity, because you never know. It could be happening at any moment, at any time, Uh huh. in any place, anywhere. Yeah, that's what they call them over at the Yahoo. Do people still use Yahoo. Yahoo! <laughs> um, I think so. I think some people might use Yahoo. I, I, some people might uh, have their email through Yahoo. You know? I think Yahoo is still used. I mean, everybody Googles everything now. Right. I mean, that's the search engine that everybody goes to is Google. Yeah. You ever go to Bing? Bing? I actually do. Yeah, my old Dan Shagru used to use Bing. I use Bing because you get rewards for using Bing. You do? Yeah, you can rack up like points and stuff. What about Ask Jeeves? Ask well, Jeeves is gone. He retired. Yeah, he's he's gone. But he's just Ask. And it's just Ask dot com. What are some of the other uh, search engines from the MSN? past? MSN. Yeah, that's still around though, right? Yeah, obviously. MSN. <laughs> Alta Vista. Oh yeah, Alta Vista. Lycos. Yeah. I still use AOL. God knows why. It works. It does work. Works. I get my email through there, too. (laughs) Yep. I still have an AOL account. Uh, How about in-house philosopher? Come on, man. Google again. Google has an in-house philosopher whose job it is to use a humanistic perspective to solve engineering problems. And by the way, humanistic perspective is in quotes. Humanistic perspective to solve engineering problems. That's your in-house philosopher at Google. It just must be weird to work at Google, right? Or, oh, any, or any of those places, right? Yeah, I imagine it's a bit like a cult. 
I mean, you know that Mike Judge did the uh, Silicon Valley, which yeah. is a great show, and 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 I think really accurate. Those are the kind of guys that would work, don't you think? Those are the kind of guys that would work. Oh yeah, at that. And Tobo's on there. He is. He is. He's got a got a great role there. He did. T.J. Miller has a great. They they have a great scene where where uh, T.J. Miller is talking to Tobo, and uh, it's just him using synonyms for for. Uh, Telling Stephen Stephen Tobolowsky just how old he is, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, T.J. Miller, he's the he's the mucus, right? Yeah, he's the voice of mucus on those uh, Des- what what Desinex? No, those are that's for your feet. Yeah. Well, uh, Mucinex. Uh, Mucinex. Yeah, <laughs> he used to be. Yeah, I don't know if he still is, but he used to be. You know who I, I thought it was at first. Who? And they sound very similar. Jason Lee. I thought. I thought the. I thought the mucus was Jason yeah. Lee because they sound very similar. They do. They do. So, Wizard of Moz, M O Z. When the founder of the software company Moz stepped down as CEO, he decided on a sillier title. In its place, he became the Wizard of Moz. A role he held for four years before moving onto uh, less ridiculously named pastures. <laughs> Wizard of Moz. How about Chief Storyteller? As Chief Storyteller, you'll be doing more than putting kids to bed at night. You might be expected to help people tell their stories to promote your brand or tell the story of your company to promote the brand. Basically, you work in marketing. <laughs> Microsoft has a Chief Storyteller, but plenty of other companies have followed suit. It's basically marketing. You know, that was my mom's position when I was a kid. Was chief storyteller, chief storyteller. Yeah, yeah. All right. Read to me every night. Well, well that's a nice thing to do. <laughs> nice thing to do for your employees as well. Okay, we got a few more uh, weird job titles that we want to get to, and also uh, jobs that'll get you dates, and then our regular Friday features. All coming up right here on seven twenty WGN. Let us hit the news. Jackson Brown, man, played 63 times in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, approximately. Hello, it's Nick DiGilio on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It's Friday, so uh, after 3 o'clock, all the regular Friday features will begin. Uh, That is uh, You Big Dummy. That's where we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff. And then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. Tom votes, I vote, and we take the first person to call 312-981-7200, and that'll be our third vote. We got Straight out of Context. Straight out of Context is when you listen to this radio station 24-7, and you should because it's the best. And whenever anybody says something that you can pull out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle like a nine-year-old, you jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Same goes with Nick D. Show Spies. That's when you listen 24-7 when everybody mentions me in any capacity. We want to know about it. Jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. And then, of course, Fly Jams Friday. DJ Luscious Hush is playing all the funky stuff. We getting some requests? Yeah, I got a few on the board there. All right, so, uh, you want to send them in? 
send in some requests now. All right, 312-981-7200, send them in, and we'll play them. Hey, uh, every um, weekday morning at 2.30-ish, we, uh, we play back some great comedy classics from Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson Show on Antenna TV every night, and you should, because it's awesome. We're going to go back to 1985 for one of my favorite uh, people ever, the great Alan King. So we got a little Alan King comedy coming from you at 2.30. So 312-981-7200 is the phone number if you would like to join us. Let's talk about some jobs that will get you dates. Tom, you've been with the same person for a very long time, but you ever... uh, Hmm. You ever lie to someone about what you did for a living in order to get a date? Um, I did lie about my identity. Well, not to not Your to get identity, a date, but I, I've I used to lie about my identity at parties. What? Because I thought it was funny. What do you mean? So um, I don't I, understand. Okay. You're you're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I have to amuse myself. I don't know. Jeez, I don't know what to tell you, I used to lie about. Uh, about my name uh, and and like what I did, like or where I was, kind of like where I was from. Uh, I don't I don't understand this at all. <laughs> so, is there a psychiatrist listening? Yeah, please call in. I could really use an evaluation. Good lord, I could really use an evaluation. But right, so, uh, what, what do you mean you would just lie about your identity? So, oftentimes we would go to parties at different colleges just to you know see what was going on you know right now you went to Loyola I went to Loyola right. so sometimes we go to maybe up to Evanston real close by go up to Northwestern right hang out at Northwestern or uh, we'd go to DePaul go hang out at DePaul all those, right those are the two main other colleges that we would go to uh, if we were going to one so um, I figured since no one knew who I was and I was probably never going to see them again anyway and I wasn't trying to pick up chicks because I was already in a you know pretty committed relationship, uh-huh. so I just thought it would be fun to try to be someone else for the evening, and I kind of landed on this alter ego as uh, Dallas Gates. <laughs> Dallas Gates, uh, son of an interna- son of an international oil tycoon. There's something wrong with you. I don't think there is. There's something wrong with you. I don't think there is. I think plenty of people. Dallas Gates. Dallas Gates. Dallas Gates. And he's what? The son of a what? Son of an international oil tycoon. And you creatively named this person Dallas. Yeah, because I was born, or rather, I was conceived on a flight from, uh, from like, the East Coast to Dallas. Well, you know that's why they, you know, you know that Ron Howard and his wife. I think that's where I picked it up. Named from. their kids after where they were conceived. Yeah, their middle name. Yeah. Bryce so, Dallas. I think I got it from Bryce Dallas Howard. I just thought that was so ridiculous. I was like, I'll be Dallas Gates. So you would just pretend to be this guy mm-hmm. for, for okay, and the purpose? I, just to see how people would react to it. I just thought it would be interesting. It was kind of like, like a little social experiment. I don't even know what to say anymore. A, a, social, idea, experiment, a social experiment just for what? Kicks, you know? Just, now, did anybody, do you, were you, if you were at these parties with your friends, did they... Go along oh, with totally. it? Oh, totally, yeah. So they would like, oh, yeah, hey, Dallas. Yeah, they'd be like, Dallas, come over here. I want you to meet, you know, uh, Christy. Your friends are weird, too. No, they just, they. I don't think it's weird. I th- It's I think weird, they- <laughs> man. It's weird. No, you got to trust me on this. It's weird. Okay, well. Hey, uh, my name's Dallas Girth. What's his name? D- Girth. 
<laughs> if they're lucky, uh, Gates. 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 Dallas Gates. Yeah, I think I took the Gates from National Bill? Treasure. No, 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 from National Treasure. I don't even remember what it was. Ben- I think it was Benjamin Gates was uh, Nick it? Cage's character. Oh, how would you remember that? Uh, National Treasure came along in a very formative time in my life. I don't know what to tell you. D- did you see? Did you like the second one? Uh, it was okay. Ugh. It was fine. Those movies are ridiculous. Yeah, but Sean Bean's in the first one, and so is Nick Cage. Does he die? Does he die, Sean Bean? Yeah. Uh, no, but I, he does go to prison. Because the, the thing is, Sean Bean, Sean Bean dies in every movie he's in. Yeah. Well, this is a, like a Disney property, technically. So what do you mean? Think... You can't kill anybody in a Disney movie? No, I'm just saying. They killed I, Bambi's mom. I'm, I'm fully aware of what they did to <laughs> Bambi's mother. <laughs> I'm fully aware. You don't need to explain to me what happens to Bambi's I remember mom. when I was a kid and I saw that movie traumatized me. I bet it did. Traumatized me. That and the forest fire. I remember just being, I mean, you know, Disney, those older Disney movies, man, they're, they're, they're scary. They would really go all out to scare the crap out of somebody. Dallas Getz. What's his name? Dallas what? Gertz? Regertz? Um, so, m- making up a, a, an identity at parties. This is what my producer does. Used to do. Dallas Gates, or whatever the... Son of a tycoon. All right, I, I find it I find it weird. All right, uh, I've got some. Uh, we got an article here about jobs that'll get you dates, or you could just lie about your identity and call yourself Dallas. So, um, all right, we want to hear from you, hear from you at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Where's Messina? Oh, he's missing. I feel bad for Messina. He got left behind, man. Loggins well, just you know, ran away with yeah, it. Yeah, but you know, you know, Messina's probably like, all right, I didn't want to, I didn't need to be on every movie soundtrack ever. Like Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins is on like 50 different soundtracks. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. My producer is Dallas Gertz. Gates. Gates, sir. Dallas Gates. You're just such a weirdo. (laughs) Uh, We are going to talk about jobs that will get you dates. Also coming up at 2.30, I'm very excited because I love Alan King. We always play some classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show on Antenna TV every night, and we play back some classic comedy, either stand-up or some sketches or an interview. The great Alan King from 1985 is what we're going to listen to in just a few minutes. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Here's taxi driver Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, how you doing, Nick? All right. Your your producer, Dallas, over there, he's nuts. Yeah, he's he's gone. He's he's, nuts. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. But that's what's what's so, uh, you know, endearing about him is he, he... he he is nuts, and we like that he's nuts, you know. But anyways, um, I had a friend that, or a, a person I knew within the cab business, and he would go on that dating site called what is it, Plenty of Fish or something like that. Yeah, something like and that. Yeah, he, he he used to he would he would never tell anybody that he drove a taxi. He would, and he was he went on he had relationships with the 
two or three women on there for like a year or two years or whatever it was, long-term relation, fairly long-term relation. And he would never drive his cab to go pick them up or do anything socially with them. They never knew that he drove a cab because he thought that he wouldn't get any dates that way. And he just kept it a complete mystery that he drove a taxi, which I just thought was just completely weird why you would do something like that. If somebody, you know, if you're that insecure or, you know, that scared about people thinking what you do for a living, it's just, you know, like, why bother to have a totally, you know, like, uh, dishonest relationship, you know? Yeah, well, it seems strange. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, well, it worked for him, I guess. But All right. Anyway, you have a good night, man. All right, take care. Don't want to tell people that you're a taxi driver. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, with being a taxi driver. You know? No, it's a great job. Yeah. Necessary job, too. All right, jobs that'll get you dates. Um, Given that our online dating resumes consist largely of how we look, where we went to school, and what we do for a living, many of us wonder whether our occupation helps or harms our chances of getting matches. Since gender politics are so flux right now, uh, you can't help but wonder if the kind of roles people are attracted to differ from men and women as well. So they they, they did a little uh, data uh, study here. For both genders, there are four professions that straddle the divide between sexes. Um, And so we've got uh, a whole bunch of these jobs um, that... uh, so it's four. It's actually four jobs that'll get you dates. You ever lie about what you did for a living? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred to get a date, like our taxi driver friend did. Uh, I've never, uh, I've never lied about what I did. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. My last relationship was obviously my my second wife, Heather. And, um, we met at, we met at a bar, which, you know, was a pretty, that, was a pretty common thing for me. Say, that tracks. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. We met at a bar. Um, so, but she, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think she, knew who I was. I think she knew who I was because she listened. Yeah, I mean, I think you could. I mean, your future ex-wife, you know, that's a that's a relationship waiting to happen because of your job. With Dana? Yeah. My love my lovely Dana De La Rosa. De La Rosa. Ooh. I'm sending <laughs> her Lorenzo. That. I'm sending her that. She's uh, she's lovely. Yeah, that's because you're a radio host, you know. I guess. Has anyone ever like kind of tried to throw themselves at you because you're a radio host? Yes. You're, yeah. I'm not kidding. Yes. Another Hooters girl or? Uh, no. No, I've had I've been um, approached <laughs> because of my job. Yep. My guess. What, the, what do they say? Because I'm on the radio. What they say to you? You know, just like oh, I don't I know. Love you. I love. We've you. had a couple. I've had a couple of listeners. Um, attempt. Hmm. Um, Ooh la la! Yeah, 
I mean, I you know, pe- I mean, you know, like if I I don't I don't really go out anymore. I don't like socialize anymore. But when I was hanging out in bars and stuff like that, people knew what I did. Like sure. the, the regulars, they all knew what I did. They weren't impressed. <laughs> no, they couldn't care less. <laughs> they couldn't care less. Oh, you're on the radio. Yeah, congratulations. That's a that's astounding. You call me when you're Casey Kasem. Yeah. So they were they didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, my ex-wife didn't care. None of the girls I ever dated cared. Really? No, no. One girl did. Uh, one girl did. And was, how how would she express that? By listening, right? And enjoying. Fair enough. Because I've dated girls and married girls, uh, married women that wouldn't listen to the, to me on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, to I mean, to be fair. The hours that you are on are not conducive to normal. Well, yeah, radio I mean, I understand that, but the, they just—it was not, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. My fiance doesn't listen. They were—they were, they were not the impressed. They didn't care. You know what I mean? They care less. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, you know, when people ask me what I do, if they didn't, if they weren't regular listeners, mm-hmm. you know, like if I was at a bar or something and I'm talking to some people and they were like, hey, "What do you do for a living?" I'd be like, yeah, "I'm." Uh, I have a I have a radio show. And then they, then they go what? <laughs> and then I go yeah I'm on the radio I'm on WGN. I uh, I host a I host a talk show on WGN. What do you talk about? Anything? Yeah, that's I get that question all the time. Like oh I produced I produce an overnight radio show. What do you, what do you guys talk about? I don't know. Anything? Whatever, whatever's it's, happening. Stuff in the news. We have great guests. We try to keep you entertained. Talk a little bit about entertainment, all that stuff. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it's not, I, I will say this, my, my second ex-wife, uh, Heather, the first time she ever saw me uh, was because she saved, she came to see Among the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the first time she ever saw me. She didn't, you know, she just, because she was a zombie freak. Mm-hmm. And so she came to see Among the Dead. This is a play that I did with the Factory Theater back in 2002. And I was, I had a great part in it. I played an insane, you, you saw the video of it. I did. Okay. So I play like a, like a, an insane sort of zombie killer, even though I, you know, whenever I watch a zombie movie or anything like that, I always side with the zombies. Mm-hmm. I always do. I always sympathize, I always sympathize with the zombies, but I had to kill them. I had to be a maniac uh, zombie killer. And so she saw it. She saw the play and loved it, and then I was at, we were at, what the hell is it, um, the the only bar in Wrigleyville, what that, why am I blanking on the name? The only, the bar, only bar in Wrigleyville. That I go to, that I would Nisei go to. Nisei. Okay, so I was at Nisei one night, and she came in with, with her friend, and she recognized me like, because, hey, of the, because of the play. You're that zombie killer. She's like, oh, hey, I saw you in Among the Dead. It was great. And I'm like, well, thanks. And then we got to talking, and I, you know, and then I told her that I was on the radio, because she asked me what I did, mm-hmm. and she was didn't care. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But she was impressed with Among the Dead. I will say that. Well, she was impressed by something. She had to be. Yeah. Because it's a great, it was a great, very showy, juicy part. You know what I mean? Like, I really got to do a lot of ridiculous to, stuff. and had to ham it up a little bit. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I, what's the term? Chewing scenery? Oh, I chewed it like it was... Double bubble. Are you kidding me? It's it's a ridiculous it it's a ridiculous performance. It was uh, it was interesting to see you so spry. Yeah, no, it was a ridiculous <laughs> performance. And and Ryan Oliver, who wrote he wrote it and directed it, he wrote the part for me, and he was just like, "Do whatever you want, man." And I did. 
That's a that's a bold move by a director. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I read the part, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be fun," because it's a ridi- it's a ridiculous part, and it was kind of the lead. And uh, I didn't get a lot of those kind of roles, and especially in a genre that I love so much. So I just went nuts. I went, <laughs> I, I went completely nuts. Like every weekend, I was like completely. People were like, well, "You need to pull it back a little," and I'm like, "No." All gas, no brakes. No, absolutely. Every weekend, every performance, I was a nut. So that was she did find that impressive. She did she did like me in Among the Dead. But I don't think she cared whether I had a radio show or not. It was not something like, hey, you know, I'm on the radio. Hey. Isn't that sexy? Are you attracted to me because I'm on the radio? <laughs> I bet Bob Surratt used to get dates. Well, yeah, because he was like the king. Because he's man. a legend. He, he was I'm like just some jerk that's on at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, man. So. Well, we do have uh, four jobs that'll get you dates. And of these four, none of them are radio host. Disappointing. It did not make it. I can't believe it. I can't believe radio host wasn't in the top three jobs that'll get you dates. Surprisingly, also not on the list. Actor, I don't think, is on there. No, actor is not on there. Although that yeah. should that should get you some dates, don't you think? Depends on. I mean, how if you're good, good at actor, it, yeah. if you're good at it, you know. Yeah, if you're if you're Michael Douglas, you get to marry Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. If you're not, you don't. Yeah, like if you're Dane Cook. Yeah, if you're Dane Cook, you fade into obscurity. Right. Because you're lame. But yeah, he, you gotta I hope be... he's listening right now. <laughs> yeah, Dane there's Cook. a real good chance that Dane Cook is listening to the show. Dallas. Hey, man. Dallas Gets. Gates. <laughs> Get it right. I'm the son of a wealthy oil tycoon. You are a lunatic is what you are. Those things can be mutually exclusive. Not in your case. All right. Dallas Green. No, Dallas Green used to own, Dallas Green used to be the GM of the Cubs. Maybe that's who I should have pretended to be. Yeah. Hey, I'm Dallas Green. Uh former GM of the Cubs. You seem a little young. Yeah, yeah I had you some don't, work I had some work done. You don't look anything like <laughs> Dallas Green. Dallas Goots. What's his name? Geets? Gates? Gates, right? Like in uh, like in uh Bill. Tre- yeah, as in Bill. Okay. Oh, national! I'm not going to remember that. I don't remember right. anything about national. Doesn't he? Doesn't he steal the Constitution? The Declaration of Independence, oh, right. sir. I don't know. The disrespect. <laughs> Who's the female lead in that movie? Uh, 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 German girl from Inglorious Bastards. Diane uh, Krug. Diane Kruger. Yeah, oh. Diane Kruger. Okay. Yeah, I have to go back and not watch it. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's uh, it's me. It's Nick DeGilio. Uh We're going to get back to uh, jobs that will get you dates. We are also uh, going to jump into our regular Friday features after three, but we're going to break. When we come back, it's time for our Carson Comedy Classics. You can watch the Johnny Carson Show every night on Antenna TV. It's awesome. And every weekday morning around 2.30, we play back some classic comedy, whether it be stand-up or interviews or a sketch. And we're going to hear from the great Alan King coming up after this. <laughs> Somewhere waiting for me 
My lover stands on golden stairs and watches the ships that go sailing. Yeah, hello, Nick Digilio here on 720 WGN live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It's Friday. That means the regular Friday features will be coming up after three o'clock. Straight out of context, Nick D show spies you, big dummy, and Fly Jams Friday. Alrighty then. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV, and you should because it's awesome. And uh, so, and we also uh, every uh, weekday morning around two thirty, we play uh, some classic comedy from the Johnny Carson show, whether it be stand up or an interview or a sketch or anything like that. Go back to nineteen eighty five this morning for one of my favorite people ever, the hilarious and brilliant uh, Alan King. So let's hear a little Alan King. I just said to Alan, I said, you feel like you're on the Ed Sullivan show? I have followed seals, <laughs> sword swallowers, the diving horse in Atlantic City. That is the most charming lady. Isn't she fun? Isn't that yeah, wonderful? She's <laughs> Sullivan would have loved that. Ed would have loved I that. I think that uh, the title, Only in America. Yeah. Yeah, she's charming. Can something like that happen where a local <laughs> Chicago get and get her on a car? I think that's just absolutely marvelous. Anyway, it's fine. Absolutely. Good to see you. Good. I'm glad to see you. I was, as they say, browsing through this today, and I just happened to open it and start reading about room service. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the problems you have, well, anybody who travels a lot, you just come off a tour, right? Yes, I just went on the book tour, which I didn't realize. Tolstoy never played Cleveland, you know. <laughs> and I was in 21 cities in 21 days, and I sold 21 books, so I'm a smart <laughs> It was well worth the trip. You, are you, um, was your mother a good cook? I know this is sacrilegious. Now, now be honest. Was My mother was the worst cook. You know, kids always say, boy, my mother... No, no, no. If I see a sign that says home cooking, I run away from it. <laughs> I was 15 before I knew that you could broil a steak. My mother cooked meat for four days to make sure the animal was dead. <laughs> my mo- I've had two women in my, in my life. My mother cooked too much, yeah. you know, and my wife doesn't cook at all. And, no, really. And uh, this is a... Get, get the uh, rim shot ready. My wife only goes through the kitchen to get to the garage. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Told her to go someplace she's never been. Not the kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> no. My, when I, I married 39 years, and the first 39. six weeks of my marriage, my, I didn't want to bring that up, John. Yeah. But, um, I admire you. I do. I admire me, too. And uh, <laughs> I also admire you more. Now... <laughs> I'm only kidding, sweetheart. And uh, did you know that your wife didn't cook before? Yeah. No, my wife. Um, you know, you, you. My feeling for food really came from my mother. I have never seen my mother in any room. We're eight children, and I never saw my mother in any other room but the kitchen. If I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning, she was cooking. If I went to bed at one in the morning, she was cooking for the next day. My father told me that I was conceived on the kitchen table, <laughs> and my brothers enjoyed it too. They told me. <laughs> No, but my wife, the first six weeks of marriage, and I know, it's, again, I say, you know, the old, I say, I swear it's a true story, but it really is. My wife, 11 meals in a row were lamb chops. She didn't want to take any chances. She got it right. I don't wear wool anymore. I, I've been known to walk by a meadow and kick a sheep in the butt. 
She had one dish down. That's it. She, I said, you could do the same thing with a steak. No. And now they're food fattest. My daughter and my two sons eat like me. You know, they eat a chair, a pillow, anything. My daughter and my wife are on, you know, it's uh, al, alfalfa, sprouts, and tofu, which are capital offenses, you know. Tofu, I don't quite understand. No, I don't understand. But you know what it is to come home after a little booze, get to sleep for about an hour and a half, and then you're famished, and you open up the refrigerator, and it's growing. It's like a fungus in... <laughs> Alfalfa beans. It's sprouts. growing. It's growing. It's yeah. The book, really, John, is about. There's a message to salami and eggs better than is salami and eggs better than sex. That there are so few sensual pleasures in life. One of them, obviously, being sex, and the other being food. And if I watch another talk show or read another article or a book about what not to eat, I am. My book is dedicated to those who don't give a damn. <laughs> You got it. Let's put a little more butter. Let's cook it up. I'm not talking about overeating and getting sick. I'm just talking yeah. about the palate, the pleasures of it's taste. It's always the good things they come up. The peanut butter's not good. Bacon's not good, you know. Three cups of coffee is going to give you a heart attack. Yeah. I don't know what to put them at. Under my arm, sick in my mouth, everything. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? It's the white mice. That's what's screwing up the whole world. <laughs> I think we've got to get rid of the white mice. <laughs> we'll be back after this. I said, get out of the kitchen. Come on. All right, uh, Alan King. Uh, I love that guy. He was just—he uh, was so funny and so brilliant. Um, yeah, he was one of my favorites. Alan King was always one of my favorites. He's been in a ton of stuff too. He started in a lot of, you know, he started in a lot of movies. Um, he was a great stand-up comedian. You know, he toured clubs. Um, he did Vegas. He was one of those old school. He was—he was one of those old school. You know, stage performers. He, he came from that that era, um, and uh, yeah. So he was he was the best. You know, some of the movies that he was in. Tom, you aware of some of the films that Alan King was in? Regale me. Rush Hour Two. He's in Rush Hour Two. He's in Sunshine State, the John Sayles movie. Um, he did a he did a Murphy Brown where he, Murphy Brown where he played God. I like that. That's funny. He's in Casino. He is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, did a couple of Law and Orders. Well, who doesn't? He's I think, in... I think I might be in a couple of Law and Orders. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Night in the City? Uh, remind me. Andy Garcia. It's a law, cop law movie directed by the great Sidney Lumet. Uh, I have not. It is a great movie, like criminally underrated. And you know who's awesome in it? Ron Liebman. Kaz. Uh, and uh, Alan King's in that, too. Uh, he's in Bonfire of the Vanities. You remember him in Bonfire of the Vanities? Yes, unfortunately. Uh, Memories of Me, which was uh, where he played Billy, uh, what the hell is it, Billy Crystal's uh, father. He's in Cat's Eye. Um... Uh, you know what? You did a really terrific movie. Just tell me what you want. It's him and Ally McGraw. So you know, obviously, he did a bunch of TV, and um, but like you know, the nightclub stuff was the big thing. Always wore the tux. You know what I mean? Old school. That's where he, that's where he came from. Made a lot of appearances on uh, on the Tonight Show. You know, he was one of those staples, one of those guys that was, and he always killed too. Like he was always great. 
it's weird because like I was I remember I was a kid when I started to like Alan King. It's it just seems weird that like a like a nine year old kid would like like a an old school Catskills right. <laughs> comedian in a tux. Well, I think there's something timeless about that. Just like there's something timeless about Johnny Carson. Yeah, you know that kind of humor doesn't necessarily get dated uh, because it's not about current events or anything that might be uh, uh, lost to you know references that might be lost to time. Like sometimes you know we'll wa- we'll listen to like a Johnny monologue. We'll hear a little bit of Johnny's monologue or yeah, stand up yeah. as referencing current events, which makes sense at, at the that time. time. Like Watergate jokes. Yeah, and stuff. they'll be like, yeah, what you know. What do you think about uh, the Iran-Contra crisis or something like that? But the, and those jokes are fine if you know the context. But yeah. You've got things like, you know, him talking about marriage. The yeah. things about marriage, like, oh, my, you know, everybody. Well, cooking. cooking like his, and stuff. his mother was the worst cook. And, and his wife doesn't, doesn't cook, cook. It's hilarious. I mean, that's a great line. The only time my wife goes in the kitchen is to get to the garage. Yeah. That's funny. That's yeah. a funny line. It's because it's Alan King. Exactly. He's the man. And there's, uh, I, th- I really appreciate the warmth that he brings to that. Cause that sounds, you know, those kind of, Oh, take my wife jokes can get a little tired, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's clear. He loves his wife. Yeah. He's just like, ah, that's just her. And yeah. it, what do you say? He was married like 43 years. No, or 30, 37 years, 37 like years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's special. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that, uh, maybe that cat skills sort of broad my, comedy that just, just kind of works. My parents are pushing. Oh, they just celebrated in July. Is it 50, 57 years mm. or 58, 58 years, 58 years. Yeah. You know, when you get, yeah, fi- cause I'm 55. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So 58, 58 years. Yeah. So, uh, in the UK, when you get to your 50th wedding anniversary, you actually get a letter from the queen. Really? Yeah, you get a little card from the queen. It's signed by the queen congratulating uh-huh. you on 50 years of marriage. My parents uh, had their 50th anniversary. Obama sent them a card. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, I, honestly, though, I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if someone like, you know, you could like register on the White House and he'll like sign we th- a card. We, or we threw him a big, uh, my, my cousin, my cousins and I, my cousin and I, uh, my cousins and I um, threw a big party for him at Gale sure. Street. That would, that's great. It was at Gale Street. A whole bunch of their friends, uh, old friends and. We had some family members show up, mm-hmm. and we had the big room, the big room to the right of Gale Street. George was just all over the place, pro. Yeah. You know, we had the Hands ribs. On. We had the ribs, and yeah. we had like a buffet. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, they had gifts. We played uh, their song. What's their song? Um, it's, uh, the, it's by the Flamingos. Um, it's something in the, uh, God, I can't, why can't I remember the title? It's something with eyes. I mean, and I don't only have eyes for you. Is that? No. I, yeah, I, I only have eyes for you. Yeah. That's the, flam- that's it. The Flamingos, right? Yep. Okay. The Flamingos that's from it. Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. That's their song. So that's we had that, nice. they, they did a dance to it. We took pictures and stuff. Yeah. So it was fun. That was 50th. That's, that's a milestone. That's a great milestone. That's a very happy milestone. Yeah. You, as they say, you love to see it. Yeah. My two marriages total lasted four and a half years. <laughs> and my second marriage, you know, we got divorced after we got married a year and a half later. But, you know, people are like, wow, man, that was only a year and a half. Yeah, I was with her for seven years. Right. 
You put a, there was more on the front end. Yeah. I lived with her for like five, five or six years. Yeah. I lived with her. Sure, we were together for seven. It just so happens that you know we got we broke up after we got married a year and a half later. And people are like you were only married a year and a half. It's no big deal. And I'm like, now I was with her for seven years. Right, right. It's not like you negate those years because you weren't married. You know what I mean? Those were time. That was time. Man, what's it? What's it? Point break. Where they've got they've got uh, Lori Petty kidnapped. And it's like, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to hurt my woman. She was my woman. I spent time with her. (laughs) Right. Hello. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN, get some early morning news from them, and then Bob Surratt has your morning drive at 5. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Coming up after 3 o'clock, it's our regular Friday features, starting with You Big Dummy, and then straight out of context, uh, Nick D Show Spies and Fly Jams Friday. Get your funky requests in now. DJ uh, Luscious Hushes will play them. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Okay, here are uh, the four occupations and jobs that'll get you dates. And the first one is teachers. Teachers. This is how they describe it. For women, this has long been an attractive profession, given that it suggests the kind of caring maternal nature that you want in your future wife or mother of your children. It's interesting, however, that this occupation popped up in the top ten list for jobs held by men as well perhaps suggesting that recent studies indicating that women prefer more traditionally masculine men for hookups and men with more feminine features for serious relationships to be true. So teachers, if you're a teacher out there, you can get a date. I think that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting choice, you know, to, to, to choose, uh, well, you know what, uh, teachers, they can get dates. Would you uh, would you think you think that's uh, that's that's pretty interesting that teachers are are on this list? Hmm. I don't know. That's, uh, like so the, so being a teacher get it, get it, gets you a date. That's being what it says. Teacher. Yeah, it's a good one for getting dates. Mm. Teachers. Hmm. Yeah. I think there was a police song about that. What are you What are you talking about? Don't stand so close to me. Yeah. Oh. A teacher going on dates. Well, you know that 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 song is based on uh, on truth because mm-hmm. Sting was a teacher. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, Sting was a teacher, and there was a student that was he. You know, she was digging on him, and he was like, "Is that the nomenclature digging on him?" He, she was digging on him, and he was like very close to wanting to reciprocate, but uh, she was a you know she was like a a child. She was a teenager. <laughs> And uh, he was like in his—I think he was in his twenties or something. Yeah, good thing. Good thing that Sting well, that's, decided I mean, not to be a criminal. Well, yeah, that's why he wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how old? Are, how what grade did he teach? I don't know. It was high school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sting. Hey, 
you know, he didn't do anything, and he wrote a song about it, and the song is awesome. That's true. And he's saying, don't stand so close to me. It's like, get away from me. Okay. So, uh, how about this? Doctors. Now, see, that's an easy one. Well, yeah, because you're, you know, generally pretty well off. I don't want to generalize, but generally making the big bucks. The Here's what they say. The old classic, so beloved by moms everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my son's a doctor. My son, the doctor. Uh, persists as a coveted occupation in the dating world. It should be noted, however, that while surgeon got top of the list, top slot for men, women who are psychotherapists, dentists, or doctors were preferred by men, suggesting that an occupation in the medical field that isn't too intimidating is still the ultimate goal. Psychotherapist? Yeah. Dentists. Ooh, dentist. I'm not sure if I could go on a date with a dentist. I'm afraid of Why, dentists. You, you afraid they're going to bring the drill along? Maybe. You're nuts. So surgeon, obviously surgeon is the top. Yeah. Well, although you might want to pick up an anesthesiologist. Why, just so you can get knocked out? Well, yeah, but also they make a ton of money. All right. thought maybe you were just saying, hey, man, I can get access to some juice juice and get knocked out, yeah. get, get, get out some knockout juice. Get some giggle gas. Uh, this one's not a real surprise either. Lawyers, lawyers. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Send lawyers, guns, and money. <laughs> ah man, I haven't listened to Warren Zevon in oh, so he's long. He's the best man. Great. This high power, high earning job has always been an attractive one for men to possess, but the fact that it now applies to women is relatively new. Perhaps we have Meghan Markle's uh, lawyer alter ego, Rachel Zane, <laughs> to thank for that. <laughs> Suits. I guess. Yeah. Rachel Zane. Okay, and then finally, and this one, I, I, this is, I think this is absolutely, completely, I, this should have been number one. This should have been number one on uh, uh, jobs that will get you dates, a chef. I think it's, I, I think it's absolutely, uh, without question. Why do you think so? Because it's sexy to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I'm guessing it's easy to get a date. I'll agree with that. If you're a chef, because you've got like this, like, you're not just, uh, it's not just a job. It's like an artistry sort of thing. Absolutely. Because there's a difference between being a chef and a cook. They're cooks and I they're chefs. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So if you're a chef, you probably work in a relatively nice restaurant. You know, you have access to high quality ingredients. You have a certain level of taste. But I'm guessing that it's easy to da- to go on a date with a chef. It is hard to be in a relationship with a chef. Well, I mean, they're working all the time, and the hours are nuts. Well, that, and I'm not to throw chefs under the bus here, but they tend to have very intense personalities. Yes, they do. Which is integral to their job. Well, also, if you're in a relationship with a chef... Whether it be female or male, you know, if you're if you're a guy and your your girlfriend is a chef or vice versa, how intimidating would it be to try and cook something? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't cook dinner. I can't make dinner. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 married to a chef. I can't do that. You're trying to make spaghetti bolognese, and she's like, you know, you're what? doing it all wrong. Yeah. What is, what is your what is that knife technique? Tuck that finger in. You know, some people put their finger on top of the. No, tuck that in. You got to tuck it in. You know who? You know who uh, hates that? Ann Burrell. 
Mm-hmm. And when they have those cooking shows, and if someone is chopping something and they've got their finger on top of the blade, she's got a red marker. Just and she marks your your yeah. Don't do <laughs> marks that. your finger. It's bad form. That's bad form. I all, all I did was cut grilled cheese, and I knew that. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No finger on top of the blade. Meanwhile, she can pre you know do a like a uh, rack of lamb with mint sauce and she's I love thing. her. She's so a great, yeah. amazing chef. She's amazing, and she's got fantastic hair. I'll tell you, it is it is tough. Uh, day you know being engaged to a PhD candidate. Yeah, that's just, intimidating. She's, I mean, it, she's so smart. Look at the big brain on Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> I do say that to her a lot. Yeah, well, it's, it is, it is. Well, she tries to be like, well, you're on the radio and things. You work in radio. That's really cool. I was like, yeah, but you're like gonna be a doctor. You know, you're not a medical yeah. doctor, but you're gonna have like yeah. a super specialized knowledge. She can whip out five dollar words like it's nobody's business. Uh, it says the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, as the old saying goes. Apparently, for women, it is as well. And for when you happen to woo someone, there you go. Uh, you can have the most irresistible first date ideas of all time. Oh, that's another article. There you go. You can, you can probably get into most fancy restaurants, too, because you know a guy. Yeah. You probably know the chef, head chef, maybe the sous chef or something. They can get you in there, get yeah. you seated. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's another thing. You know, like hanging out with George Carzis is pretty amazing. You know, he owns the Gale Street Inn. He knows everybody. I've gone out to dinner at different restaurants with George, and and it's just it's amazing to watch that guy. Hey, how are you? Good yeah, to see no, you. no, no, he's That's amazing. Right. He's unbelievable, and in the, the fact that he supports other restaurants, especially in the neighborhood, because he's just a people person. He's amazing. I've never even met the guy, and I you know, he's you the best. You got to go into you got to go into Gale Street at some point, man. You gotta. It's the best. Get the ribs. That's what I'm Gale Jones Street Inn, man. Greatest restaurant on the planet, and George is the greatest restaurant tour. And they're they've got their uh, they've got a patio open with nine tables. Right now, and social distancing, so they've got an outdoor patio that uh, that you can still get to, you can still get your great food and your great ribs over at the Gale Street Inn uh, safely. Although it's going to be really hot this weekend, <laughs> so so maybe uh, order takeout. Yeah, well they got that. You can go curbside. Bingo. Yeah, you can you can still get your ribs. So which is really important in the world of Gale Street Inn. So okay, the regular Friday features are going to happen after the news, starting uh, with uh, you, big dummy. All right, let's get to the newsroom. You big dummy. You big dummy. See what you did? Oh no, you big dummy. You dummy. Yeah, that's right. Hey, it's Friday. And that means the regular Friday features begin right now with you big dummy. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place for the TV side of WGN. Get some early morning news from them. And then, of course, the great Bob Surratt at 5 for your morning drive. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. And it's time for the Friday features. You big dummy. This is where we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff, and then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. Tom will vote, I will vote, and then the first person through at 312-981-7200 will be our third vote. Let us dig. Dummy number one, dummy number one, dummy number one.
A carjacking suspect chose the wrong place to catch some shut-eye. Two patrol officers caught a young man sleeping in a car behind a North Pueblo motel early Sunday morning. They found that kind of peculiar, uh, as Officer Griffiths put it, uh, since motels have rooms with beds you can sleep in. Captain Tom Rummel wrote on a Twitter of the incident, uh, it became uh, curious, more curious after the officers approached the car and saw no rear plate. Unluckily for the slumbering man, uh, it still had a front plate. When the officers ran a check, they learned that the car had been stolen in an armed carjacking yesterday morning, uh, and they were on the, the and there on the front seat was a sawed-off shotgun, just like the victim said they used yesterday. The suspect clearly made himself at home inside the stolen car. They pulled the male, a juvenile, out of the car, and he's in custody now. Police said that they were still looking for one other male who was involved in the carjacking, and the car was reunited with the victim. What kind of life do you think it is being the father of a young dummy? And for every dummy, there's a dummy. Dummy number two, dummy number two, two. Meet Stephen Lee Donovan. The 22-year-old pizza delivery man was allegedly pleasuring himself Tuesday night while seated behind the wheel of his 1996 Honda Civic parked outside of a Circle K in Fruitland Park, Florida. Do we really need... He's a pizza delivery man. Oh... While Donovan was masturbating, a woman whose car was parked next to the Honda noticed that the vehicle's sole inhabitant had his penis in hand, and he was moving it up and down motions. Unfortunately for Donovan, the witness was an off-duty cop from a neighboring city. She copied down the Honda's license plate, which she subsequently provided to police dispatchers. A Fruitland Park Police Department report notes that a review of the surveillance footage captured the suspect who wore a black mask, pulling his pants down and grabbing his genital area. Cops tracked the vehicle to a residence where they found Donovan, who works at... (laughs) He works at a... (laughs) He works for a Hungry Howie's pizza franchise. (laughs) Hungry Howie's pizza franchise. And Maxine Monroe, his 20-year-old girlfriend and the car's registrant... Uh, During questioning, Donovan reportedly told police that he drove to a Circle K around 10 p.m. to grab a post-work drink. At the Circle K? After Donovan placed himself at the scene of the masturbation, he was arrested arrested and placed in handcuffs. At this point, uh, that Monroe asked to speak with Donovan, who was in the rear of the patrol car. During the couple's conversation, which was recorded by dash cam, Donovan was very apologetic to Maxine, cops reported, acknowledging that he was horny and was masturbating to pornography. Donovan advised Maxine that he didn't think masturbating in his car was at all illegal. Sadly, Donovan apparently did not further expound on his belief that the Honda's interior was some kind of sovereign zone. (laughs) Charged with exposure of sexual organs and misdemeanor, Donovan was booked into a Lake County jail. He was freed from custody early yesterday morning, posting a $1,000 bond. He is scheduled to be arraigned uh, in August. 
One dumb ain't enough in this house. You got to bring home super dumb. But if you and Rollo going to be in the movie, I got the perfect name for it. Super Dummies. All right. Uh, take a little break here. We got uh, three more dummies to get through, and then the voting procedure shall happen. Yeah. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. Here until 4 o'clock, and it is the Friday Features... You big dummy continues. Dummy number three, dummy number three, dummy number three. A Bangor man is accused of using a Bible as a weapon when trying to steal a car. (laughs) Police say a man and his family stopped to take some pictures along West Broadway on Sunday morning. And all got out of their SUV. A few minutes later, investigators say Benjamin Parker uh, got into the driver's seat. When the man spotted Parker, he ran back to the vehicle to stop him from driving away. During the ensuing struggle, police say Parker started hitting the victim with a Bible. (laughs) The victim was able to pull Parker from the vehicle, and then Parker ran off. Police found Parker hiding behind a house on Cedar Street and recovered a Bible. (laughs) Parker was on probation for felony criminal threatening with a dangerous weapon. He was charged with robbery and assault and probation violation. Threatening with a dangerous weapon. This time he used a Bible. There's something for you right here. Want it. Dummy. Won't be long before we'll hear the pitter-patter of tiny dummies around the house. Dummy number four, dummy number four, dummy number four. A nudist bather who chased a wild boar near Berlin Lake after it stole his laptop was applauded by onlookers after a successful pursuit. By the way, I saw pictures of this. The photographer who captured the drama said the unidentified nudist was happy for her to share the images, which show him in bare-bottom pursuit of the boar and her two piglets, while fellow bathers look in amusement. Nature strikes back, wrote Adele Landauer, a personal coach on Facebook. I showed the man the photos. He laughed heartily and gave me permission to make them public. The man was sunbathing naked at Tufelsee in West Berlin, a popular and perfectly legal practice in the German capital, um, as part uh, as known as FKK, which is free body culture. The man's pursuit had a happy ending when he got his laptop back. The wild boar, sightings of which had become increasingly common, had apparently spotted a pizza being eaten by other bathers. It seized a yellow bag containing the man's laptop, probably believing it to contain food, and was chased by the man into the undergrowth. 
Because the bag contained his laptop, he gave it his all, even though he was in his birthday suit. The boar's flight was slowed by a cardboard box in its path. The man clapped his hands and hit the ground with the stick, prompting the boar to drop the laptop. Another witness said he, when he returned to the forest, everyone applauded him. <laughs> Derek Ellard, Berlin's Amsbud uh, uh, for uh, wild animals, told local media that such incidents have become increasingly common and that foxes uh, had also become regular visitors to Berlin's lakeside resorts. We urge people not to panic in such a case. We have uh, had no injuries, and the animals are quite used to humans. I'll spell it for you. D-U-M-M-Y, period. Dummy. Dummy number five. Dummy number five. Dummy number five. Rhode Island mistakenly sent more than 175 tax refunds checks signed by Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse (laughs) rather than the state treasurer and controller. The Rhode Island Division of Taxation uses the signatures on test files which were mistakenly printed onto real checks and sent out on Monday, a spokesperson told WPRI-TV. No other signature lines were printed besides the two said Jade Borgensen, Chief of Staff of the Rhode Island Department of Revenue, which includes the Taxation Division. Mickey Mouse is the cartoon character that was animator and producer Walt Disney's first big hit. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. I was uh, I didn't know who Mickey Mouse was. The checks were tax refunds for corporate sales and tax credits, mostly to businesses, WJAR-TV reported. The Tax Division has voided the checks and will issue new checks signed by General Treasurer Seth Magaziner and state controller Peter Keenan in one week. Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney. La-dee-dee, they la-dee-dum is dummy. Just Donna and me. And the dummy makes three. All right. Do a little recap here, okay? We ready for the recap, uh, Tom? Yes, sir. All right, let's do this recap, man, because it's a cap that needs to be read. We must recapitulate. That's exactly right. Uh, We've got the uh, Pueblo carjacking suspect caught sleeping in a stolen vehicle. We got uh, the defendant, 22, didn't think it was illegal to masturbate in your own car. We got the uh, main man accused of hitting a driver with a Bible during a car theft attempt. We got the German nudist who's chasing a wild boar who stole his laptop. And we've got Rhode Island issuing tax refunds signed by Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. Pretty strong week, I got to say. Pretty yeah, strong week. Good stuff. All right, where, where are you going to go with this, my man? Well, uh, runner-up I want to give to the German nudist. <laughs> um, he's a big guy, too. I want Big fella. For, for people who didn't see the picture, he's a, he, he, he had a little girth. Be. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Come on, man. He was a big guy. Yeah. Uh um well I want to give him props for one. Big is beautiful, Nick. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean Good it's perfectly legal to be running around naked with your belly hanging out. 
in in, in, in Germany, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm curious as to you know why he had his laptop with him, and also you know hopefully he didn't burn his bits or anything. He's like got to ke- he's got to keep up with his emails even if yeah. he, even if he's nude. <laughs> the emails don't stop if you're if, if, if even if you're clothed. Oh my goodness! But uh, I'm going to go with the pizza guy who didn't know it was illegal to pleasure yourself in your own car oh. in public. I just this is <laughs> the so- yeah <laughs> sovereign zone. I I gotta say, I gotta say, the detail that he's a pizza delivery guy just makes me ill. Uh, well, I'm never going to eat a hungry Howie's. Yeah, so. hungry Howie's. Hungry for something. Oh, all so right. you're going with uh, yeah, pizza going. pizza delivery guy? Yeah. All right. Um, I believe we're going to have to have a deciding mm. vote here. Um, uh, I think the um, the guy who hit, I think the guy who hit the hit the guy with a with a Bible. I, I don't know why <laughs> that, that that just completely cracks me up. Smacks the guy with a Bible. Now I don't know was the Bible in the van or was the guy carrying the Bible? It's that's a detail that's not that's, in there. That's an unanswerable question at this point. Um, having seen pictures of the uh, overweight guy chasing the boar uh it's it's pretty it's pretty great mm-hmm. um but i'm not i i gotta go with i have to go with the rhode island uh sending out tax refunds signed by walt disney and mickey mouse uh-huh. over 175 tax refund checks they were sent out with signed by walt disney and mickey mouse <laughs> i mean that's just that is just stupid. so so stupid all right so we have to have a deciding vote so these are the two that we have to choose from We've got the the pizza guy masturbating in his car, and we've got Rhode Island issuing tax refunds that were signed by Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. Those are the two that you have to choose from. Bob, those are the two that you have to choose from. Which one are you going to go with? I don't know. It's a tough call. As much as I hate to, i got to go with the pizza delivery guy. Okay. There you go. So the pizza delivery guy is your dummy of the week, and that certainly is dumb. All right, Bob. Thanks, buddy. Sure. Okay. There you go. You got it, man. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. I guess nobody wants to just uh, call an entire state dumb. <laughs> the state's government. Yeah. I just think that's hilarious. That's I, think, pretty funny. I mean, I just think you get a you get you get a tax refund check and you go, "Wait a minute." Cuz Walt Disney's signature is very oh, in, I way, mean, it's the logo. Yeah. It's the, it's the logo of it's the incredibly of the, distinct. Yeah. What's Mickey Mouse's signature? It's just like, I don't know, paw print or something. Paw print? Well, what do you call what mice have? Well, Mickey Mouse has hands. Oh yeah, he does have hands. <laughs> why? Did, why is he never wearing a shirt? Yeah. Well, why isn't Donald Duck wearing pants? Which one's worse? Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. No, man. he doesn't wear pants. No. That dirty dog. Neither does Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, no pants. What is up with all these pantsless people? I don't know. All these pantsless characters, you know. These cartoons. We ought to put some pants on. Good lord. I mean, what are we telling our children? It's okay to walk around with no pants? I want to be like Winnie the Pooh. That's why I'm not wearing pants. Kids going to kindergarten, no pants. Why? Winnie the Pooh. He's a menace. Donald Duck. He's a menace. Uh, so would, does that mean that uh, then, wait a second. So because he's wearing a hat, mm-hmm. like a vest and a shirt. Yeah, he's wearing like a sailor's outfit. Right, with no pants. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that uh, Daffy Duck should be wearing clothes? Absolutely. He's not wearing Well, here's clothes. the thing. None of the Looney Tunes are wearing clothes, though. Uh, wait, Speedy, Gonz- the- Speedy Gonzalez is. True. Yeah? 
in in every type of offensive cliche possible. Yeah. Um, but like you know, Roadrunner and you know, yeah, Wiley Coyote, no pants, Bugs generally. Well, Bugs puts on costumes. Yeah, he does. Gets and he gets into drag every once in a while too. A lot. Yeah. He gets into drag and seduces Elmer a bunch of times. Here's the thing. Something going on Here's a there. question I have. See if we can answer this question. Why the hell does Wiley Coyote keep ordering stuff from Acme? I think he's got like a membership card. Yeah, like but none of it card. works. Everything that he gets from Acme blows up on him. God, I was I would always root for Wiley Coyote to get that damn Roadrunner. I wanted him to kill him. Cook him and eat him. You're scaring me. <laughs> You're scaring me, Nick. How do you not root for Wiley Coyote in that situation? Um, I don't know. You do. I like the Roadrunner. I like, Get out of here, like Roadrunner. He's a jerk. Meep, meep. He's a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's trying not to get eaten by a coyote. He's a jerk. Also... Why does why does uh, the Roadrunner, you know, when when Wiley Coyote paints a tunnel on a wa- on a rock, how come he can go into the tunnel, and then Wiley Coyote smashes into the rock? Why? This is gonna be a long drive home later. How do you how do you not <laughs> root for Wiley Coyote? Roadrunner's a jerk. Oh my god. So, but anyway, put some pants on, Donald. All right, let's break here. When we come back, what do we got? We got the uh, Straight Out of Context. So Straight Out of Context is coming up, and we'll tell you all about it and play those uh, clips back for you right after this. So when I'm in your neighborhood, you better duck, because Ice Cube is crazy as F-bomb. As I leave, believe I'm stomping, but when I come back, boy, I'm coming straight out, out of context, context, context. 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 What's up? Tell them where you're from. Straight out, out of context context context, 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 context. All right, there it is. More of the Friday features continue. This is Straight Out of Context. Uh, we play back these clips every week because you listen 24-7. Whenever anybody says anything at any time, that's uh, uh, pull it out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle like a nine-year-old. You jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com, and then we play those clips back every friday morning all right straight out of context shall we begin let's begin all right first one coming to us from fox valley mike here is the man himself rokan but then they tied their dinghies together <laughs> obviously talking about two boats two boats yeah tying uh, boats together uh-huh. is, there, is there a more ridiculous name for a boat than a dinghy no I don't think so. No. Uh, another Rokan here coming to us from, uh, they didn't put their name, so I'm just using the, your Google username, Jellycat. Jellycat? Yeah. So right. uh, here's Rokan. Not just playing with themselves, but playing with each other now for the past week. What? <laughs> okay. What was he talking about? Talking about baseball players. Oh, baseball players. Yeah. Oh. Not just playing with themselves, but playing with each other now for the past week. Now, he knows. He had to know as soon as that came out Maybe of his mouth, did. right? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Oh, brother. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, coming to us from Waukegan J. Here's Karen Conti on the end of Lante's show. Brewers can come right in here, and they can do whatever they want. Ah! <laughs> wow. End of the Vlante. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Uh, number four here coming to us from Night Owl. It's me. 
It was too much too fast. <laughs> what were you talking about? Uh, the Lego movies. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Un-American, man. You don't like the Lego movies. It's not that I don't like them. It's just that there were too many in too short of a period of time. The first Lego movie is great. It is great. T- great. That was my Valentine's Day date. All right. All right. Uh, number five from Ed. Here's Dane Neal. Because well, you can't be touching and shaking all the melons. No, or no. <laughs> what was it? What was he talking about? Uh, talking about farmers markets, farmers markets, and people touching stuff that you yeah, shouldn't. You can't just go around touching all the melons, yeah, and peaches and things of that nature. Well, melons aren't you know it's not that bad, bad big a well, deal yeah, if you touch a, a melon because you're not going to eat the rind. Yeah, you're not going to eat. The but rind. touching somebody else's peach, sure. <laughs> so just be cautious with your melons. That's right, and your peach. Anyway. All right. Uh, next one from Brian J. Here's a guest from the Bob Surratt Show. And, you know, you're, you're eating out essentially every day. <laughs> Who was that? Do we know? Uh, Lieutenant David. Lieutenant Dan? No, Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> he recommends places to go eat because he's either currently or a, for, a retired police officer. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, no I, I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah, I'm okay. aware of it. You Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> All right. All right, next up, uh, Bob Surratt here from uh, Jim. Dave, were you saying that you keep yours in a like a Ziploc? <laughs> you talking to Dave, in it? Yes, sir. What was he keeping in a Ziploc? Yogurt? Uh, I think his mask. Oh, his mask. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Actually, yeah. when he when he said, that, I was like, ah, oh, it's not half a bad idea. No, my parents keep theirs in a in a Ziploc. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I have an extra mask at home. Mm-hmm. Two extra masks at home, and they're both in a Ziploc on my coffee table. There you go. Smart. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Lou Manfredini. Uh-oh. Caught by Jake in Old Town. And then you're going to take your hose and spray it. <laughs> <laughs> Is he talking about yard work? Uh, yeah. Talking okay. about, I mean, it's Lou. It's all going to be a, housework. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all helping people uh, out. Speaking of which, from Brian J., here's Lou. You don't have to drench it. You just need to get it wet. <laughs> Is he talking about his lawn? I think uh, spraying for ants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then here's a caller to the Lou Manfredini show. Jeez. This one from, uh, from Brian as well. Can you recommend someone that can enlarge that opening? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Ooh. What was that referred to? Uh, just some sort of like opening. I know. All right. All right. I, don't, okay. I, don't, I don't know. They're talking about home improvement stuff. All right. Uh, next up, I, you know, they the whoever sent this in said it was Mary Vandeveld. It is not decidedly not Mary Vandeveld, but this is coming to us from uh, the Bob Surratt show. Uh, it's Jake in Old Town. My butt is big enough. <laughs> That's not. Mary yeah, Vandeville. That is decidedly not Mary Vandeville. I don't know who it is. But they were talking about uh Bob was talking about like getting these pants with pads in the rear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a thing. Uh, it's interesting. That's a thing. I find it to be fascinating. Yep. All right. Uh next up, Rokan. This one caught by Dirty Dave. You are so good, man. You're so fast. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> A guest on uh, the Rogue Con show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next up, it's you, Nick. No! I know. Finally. And uh, you're going to recognize it right away. This one's coming to us uh, from Doc. Walking out of the bar at the end of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning with a log of sausage and a giant pepperoni. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, sir. Uh, the guy who stops into bars, cuts up a bunch of cheese and meat, leaves it there, and then you get some meat from him. Good guy, Sergeant Slaughter. Wearing his doctor's, uh, his butcher's coat. I can't tell you that. I can't, say, I can't tell you the, the amount of money I've spent on that stuff. Amazing horseradish. Yeah, everything incredible. is good. Everything is good. Incredible. Okay. All right. Uh, celebrity context. Uh oh. Celebrity. Uh, yeah. Coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy. Uh oh. We are going to stretch that out as far as we possibly can. <laughs> That's from Kevin in Iowa. Kevin in Iowa. Yes. Good stuff. We're uh, talking about training. Uh, talking about, yeah, they're talking about the, the quarterback race that's going Oh, got on. you right. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this one's from Brad. It's John Williams. This is just, this is insane. But if I no, had to pick one orifice, I'd say <laughs> your mouth, but we really need oh, both. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I know. And then uh, finally here, multiple, so many people sent this in that I'm not even going to... Congratulations to everyone who caught this. It was totally on the nose. Here's you. Me? I have a nine-pound scrotum. <laughs> oh <my laughs> uh, that was a TV show. TLC used to run these really ridiculous shows. And actually, you looked it up, and it wasn't, wasn't it like 127 yeah, pounds? something ridiculous. I have a 127-pound scrotum. Huge scrotum. And that's what the show was about. They had these ridiculous documentaries on, on TLC. Mm-hmm. And that's also, but isn't, uh, isn't the pimple popper thing on TLC? I believe so. How the hell can people watch that? I don't even, I, I don't even understand. So, all right, what do we got next? Well, we got Nick D. Show Spies. Oh, let's go to that. Hold on a minute here. Spies. 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 Like us. All right. Nick D. Show Spies. Uh, we do it every Friday. That's when you listen to the radio station 24-7. Whenever anybody mentions me or the show in any capacity, we want to know about it. Write down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. All right. Got a bunch of spies here, actually. Okay. A lot of them. Uh, so let's start off with, I'm going to say this. Three of them are from Brian. So first three here are all from Brian, Jay. Thank you. Uh, here's John Williams. Anxious isn't the right word, but this is. it's been a long time since I played music on the radio. And so as the curator of this, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, cognizant of the following. I'm not worrying too much about, you know, does James Taylor get to be on the show? What I'm more interested in is the sweep of it. So if that's an up-tempo song, we play more up-tempo music and say the first 45 minutes, it's still, the light is just changing, it's getting darker, you're still kind of active. But then by, as you get closer to 11 o'clock in the Nick DiGilio show, well, now the music's a little 
more downbeat. It's a little softer. It's the edibles have kicked in. and <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, you got to take the edibles if you're going to listen to my show. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. Bertrand with an Bertrand. absolute burner right yeah. there. That is, that is hilarious. Yeah. Good, 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 job, old, good old Bertrand. Funny okay, guy. All right. Uh, Bra- Bob Surratt mentions you here. And let's see. Why hasn't Nick DiGilio been on the air? Nick's around here all night. He's been on vacation, right? He, he took a little vacation, I believe, didn't he? Nick? I know he's off this week. Yeah. He was off a couple of days last week. Yeah. Yeah, I had a vacation uh, that I took the week before, but then uh, last week I spent a bunch of time with my parents because my dad was under the weather. Um, so I spent some time with my folks. I took some, I took some nights off just to be with them and keep an eye on my dad and keep my mom company. So that's why I was off. But I'm back. All right, next one here. Uh, Dave Ennett mentions you. Oh, the only difference that morning was I knew before I left my house there was going to be it was going to be a challenge. I didn't know till I was in my car and heard Nick talking about the fact that he couldn't get a ride and anyone to pick him up here. That I realized I was I didn't know what was going on, and then I was able to to figure it out. Yeah, it was it, it was impossible to get in and out. Um, you know, after the. The, the looting and all the craziness that was happening down here with the bridges up and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully everything will be uh, will be normal. Okay. All right, next up, it's your old friend Steve Krakows, uh, mentioned here by John. Thanks, John. These guys have been on my list for a very long time. Uh, as you know, back in the ye olden Nick DiGilio days, mm. uh, he was always tiring them and, and basically, you know, straight up harassing me to cover them, um, <laughs> more or less. Was that the kind? Yep. Yeah, I was bugging him to. He's on uh, with uh, Mike, Mike, right? Yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike Steven. Steven. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Bro- I, I, bugged him, I bugged him for such a long time. Broham. Yeah, I ju- I, 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 I bugged him for a long time to cover the kind local band. Glad he finally did. Good old Steve. Okay, all right, and then finally from Lee, uh, Bob Surratt again mentions you here. I enjoy looking at the uh, texts that come in overnight for Nick DiGilio, and. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good indication of what he's been into, and I guess he was on a super dog jag this morning, as I see uh, quite a few comments about Maury and Flory. I guess uh, Nick must have been questioning um, the names of the hot dogs on top of the building there. Yeah, Maury and Flory. Oh, all right. Yeah, we were talking about super dog. So, all right, uh, let's take a break. And then uh, we'll come back, and it's Fly Jams Friday. Uh, DJ Luscious Hushes will be here. They're playing Leslie Stahl's song. The veteran 60 Minutes correspondent visits with us at 848. Back with another edition of our show, which is 240 minutes, by the way. Bob Surratt, Radio Chicago, WGN. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is coming September 1st at 7 p.m. on WGN America. A nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. 
Hello, folks. Orion here again. And if you're in the market for a new Subaru, then Gary Lang Subaru is the name I trust. Right now, experience their touchless car buying system at GaryLangSubaru.com. Simply select your favorite Subaru model from their vast inventory, Legacy, Impreza, Forester, Outback, Crosstrek or Ascent. Secure your financing, get an instant trade offer, and your car will be delivered to your door. Or you can schedule an appointment in their sanitized showroom. Folks, visit Gary Lang Subaru, just minutes away from anywhere on Route 31 between McHenry and Crystal Lake, or complete your entire purchase online at GaryLangSubaru.com. You can't afford to buy or lease a new Subaru anywhere else. Remember, if it doesn't say Gary Lang on the back, you probably paid too much. Grandview buys homes. I'm Tom Detlich, and you've been hearing me say those words for years. Grandview is the fastest and easiest way to sell your home. No real estate agents, no months of showing your home to strangers. We will buy your home directly from you in as little as 10 days. So visit GrandviewHomes.com. There's an amazing supper club in Wisconsin Dells, Ish Nala. Nestled among the pines and perched above the sandstone bluffs of Mirror Lake. The beauty, the history, the service, the food, the fun. Hi, this is Bob Prosser, owner of Ishnala Supper Club in Wisconsin Dells. I have been a part of Ishnala for 30 years, and I am so proud to continue the tradition that began in 1953. Why not enjoy a brandy old-fashioned in one of our bars, each with a spectacular view overlooking Mirror Lake, or just relax before or after dinner on one of our outdoor decks. Our Ishnala chefs have prepared your favorites, 24-ounce ribeye, cold water lobster tails, North Atlantic salmon, and of course, Ishnala's roast duck. Thank you for making Ishnala Wisconsin's favorite supper club, where the only thing we overlook is Mirror Lake. I'm Bob Prosser, and I want to serve you. When I grew up on the farm, fly was something we sprayed to kill, and jam was something we put on our breakfast toast. Jam. Fly jam. Fly jams Friday. Oh, yeah. This is Fly Jam Friday on your overnight radio with my man, Nick D, on 720 WGN. Yeah, man. Ah, the late, great Johnny Kemp, which just got paid. Been our theme song for Fly Jams Friday for years now. It is Fly Jams Friday. Uh, this is when we uh, get some requests for some uh, funky music, play a little R&B, uh, a little fly jams, start off your uh, weekend on a funky note. Um, we've been doing this for a long time, and uh, we uh, believe that uh, DJ Luscious Hushes uh, has arrived. Is DJ Luscious Hushes here? Oh, yeah, Luscious Hushes, baby. There you go. DJ Luscious Hushes is here, and we're going to play some fly jams for you. Um, uh, on this uh, funky Friday morning, which we do every Friday morning. Uh, and uh, 312-981-7200 for some fly jams. Do we have uh, we have requests? Okay, we have requests. So um, we'll get to those in a second. Tom's on the phone right now, so we got to... Okay, there's DJ Luscious Hushes. Y'all set now? Sorry about that. Yes. Okay. All good. So let's get started here. A little George Duke uh, reach for it. This is coming to us from our friend Glenn. That's right, baby. I want to 
all y'all to walk on over to the bridge with me. Because I'm going to take you to the water and make you drink. Party, baby. Because the funk show will make you stay. Say what? Yeah. If you let the funk hit your eye, you're going to turn into a spot. Don't you try? Let the fuck in your heart, baby. Fuck not only kills it, air kills. Oh, no, no, before we do that, uh, I'm gonna take you to the bridge and uh, drop you off into some fuck. This is awesome. It's great. Thank you, Glenn. That's the fr- I believe that's the first time we've ever played this. A fly jam's first. That's awesome. I like the I like the fact that like half the song is yeah yeah what are you doing oh, and they're just talking. That's how you know it's a funk song. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. So that was Glenn sent that one in. Yeah, Glenn. Oh, nice job, man. That's a good one. First time. Glenn, yeah, Glenn and Evanston. Fly good old good old Glenn and Evanston. Fly jam first right there. I hope it's not the last because that song was pretty cool. I liked it. Okay. All right, next up from the Queen herself, Aretha Franklin. This is coming to us from Mike in Louisville. It's the Freeway of Love. God, that song was such a huge hit for her. Yeah. 80s. From the great album, Who's Zoomin' Who? Who's Zoomin' Who? She's got an awesome uh, duet with Annie Lennox on that album, too. Yeah. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Great song. Awesome song. Great, great, great song. Plus, anything with Annie Lennox on it is just perfect. She also did a great duet with George Michael. Oh, really? Knew you were waiting. Knew you were waiting for me. Great song. Well, George Michael, please. He's awesome. Oh, please. All right, more more Fly Jam requests from the flyists? Yes, from the flyists of all time. Yeah. Alexander O'Neill, what's oh, missing? Oh, man, oh, man. Our please. good buddy Chris. Thank you, Chris. So good. 
Yeah. Hey, uh... I love Alexander O'Neill. What was his... Can you look it up and see what... He ripped through some of his tracks? Because he had one song that I think was about... She's a liar or a cheat or a... Okay, well, I'd see one with Sherelle called Saturday Love. No. She's a sneak or a cheat or a... Something. Let's see. But All True Man, uh, Love Makes No Sense, In the Middle... Never knew love like this. Criticize. I want to say it's a one-word title, but it was the, it was the, uh, the best song he ever did. And I think it was might have been his biggest hit. But it was like, but she. It's about like uh, she's a cheat. If you were here tonight, fake, fake. That's, that's it. it. All right, you're a fake, baby. That's a jam. It's a good song. It's a jam. You're a fake, baby. <laughs> Not as good as the Prodigy, though. Well, don't even mess around with the Prodigy. No, you want to mess around with the Prodigy. Take the pressure. You'll play my game. I'll test you. Psychosomatic, kind of insane. My God, I love the Prodigy. Okay, what's next? I sounded like Bill Clinton there. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love the Prodigy. <laughs> Almost as Bill, much as I love hamburgers. Bill Clinton. Love Bill Clinton. Loves the Prodigy and Cankles. Yeah. Love the prodigy in the big back. All right. <laughs> Marvin Gaye, Sparrow oh, yeah. from Sabrina. Thank you, Sabrina. Sing on such a morning spring. Oh, Sparrow, why don't you sing? Sing to me, oh, Sparrow, come around. Come around, why don't you come around? Sing about a melody, a melody about the things you see. Anything you want to sing about, just sing it on out now, sing it on out. Let the world know what life's all about. Sing, little sparrow, sing. Sing, little sparrow, sing. Can't go wrong with that, man. Never. Never go wrong with Marvin Gaye. You're a fake baby. <laughs> I want to go home. Be... Now I want to go home and listen to Alexander O'Neill all day. Yeah, you can do that. You're a fake baby. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, is that that's it? That'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, we'll have more fly jams next week. Uh, you can get your requests in, and DJ uh, Luscious Hushes will play them every Friday morning. We get funky. On uh, Fly Jams Friday, and all of our regular Friday features will also um, be around. Uh, and so, keep m- remember, listen twenty four seven. Whenever anybody says anything that you can pull out of context and it sounds vaguely dirty, jot down the day, the time, who said it, and uh, send it to nickdshow at gmail dot com. Nick D Show spies listen twenty four seven. Whenever anybody mentions me or the show, we want to know about it. Jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail dot com. You got plans for the weekend there, Tom? Yeah. Funny enough, I'm going to be going to a friend's engagement party. Oh, everybody's getting yeah, engaged. I know. It's that time of my life. Yeah. There is that period of time where uh, it seems like all of your friends get married. Yeah. We'll see how it... Uh, I mean, it's going to be a yes. It, they've it, it, they've it been effect- together forever, so it's going to be I got I, I got married right around the same time a whole bunch of other friends were getting married, and that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel really good now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't use me as an example, my friend. I try not to. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on uh, Sunday night into Monday morning. Uh, Stay tuned here on WGN.